Right, hey, before we get into it today, I'd just like to thank the blokes and ladies that keep the lights on here, our sponsors. Better beer, jogging a can, winning a 10, the athlete's choice. Look, no matter what sort of beer you drink, they've got you covered. Go check out their whole range. Country Trucker Caps for keeping our domes out of the sun with all their deadly designs. TikTok Nutrition for keeping our bodies fueled with the good stuff. SP Tools for giving us the best tools for all our projects at home and on the work site. And the True Blue Aussie Book. Blue bet. Call them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Blokes Podcast. Here to give the everyday battler a voice, delete head noise one laugh at a time. Now, guys, the new beer launch of Better Beer, go get amongst it. The Arvo Ale, it's called. They're telling me it's the craft beer without the wank. So go grab a case and see what you think at your nearest bottle O. Support the legends who support us. Now, I'm fucking pumped today, boys. One of my favourite blokes is here. This bloke's been on the show before. One of our most popular episodes from back in the day, episode 27 it is, if you want to go check it out. And a legend that we've kept in contact with and been mates with ever since. Zayden Bryant, how are you, legend? I'm bloody well, boys. I tell you what, it's good to be back here. Fucking oath. Things have changed a bit, eh? Oh, mate, February last year is when we last sat in front of these microphones. And I've got to say... I am incredibly proud of you. Talk about swinging for the fences. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. I appreciate it. Well, it's a day for it, too, so we better crack a Tim yeah. before we get right into it. Get into it, eh? Better be out. Nice. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bluetooth, Zayden. Yep. Bluetooth, mate. Yeah. But, mate, it, uh, it, uh, and even with you, I can't wait to get fucking, I can't wait to get into what you've been up to, mate. But all I can think about, and because it was the morning after last episode, that was a bit wild, wasn't it, mate? Oh, mate. <laughs> I woke up like a spanked ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we were all a bit dusty back then, eh? They were still back in the days where it still was a real... Like, it still is fun now. I have a great time recording, but that was still like a sleepover at Cam's place and you'd all get fucked up. 
Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the swag out in the studio and just get after it. Yeah, that's right. Pork belly burnt ends. Oh. That's right. The old cane cutter's cordial. And, oh. uh, Tommy on the back of the Harley, fucking 180 pinned down the fucking road. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, went for a fucking ride on the Harley. That was, that was fucking wild. With the old pinball helmet on and the dreadlocks in the breeze. Yeah, that's right. I still had the dreads then. I was yeah. having to think about that as I was peeling down the highway this morning. All I could remember yeah. is hearing Tommy on the back just... Because <laughs> I've never been like a big one for bikes and stuff like that, but mate, that was um, that was that was real good fun. Yeah, she blow your uncle off your auntie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I>? Bless, <laughs> mate. You just went on an absolutely fucking epic trip, and it was cool to see little bits of it and stuff like that. But I reckon we should kick off things by fucking telling us all about that, mate. Well, mate, I just did, uh, what was it, 19,000 Ks in about eight weeks. Yeah. So um, I work for Mater and we uh, we partnered up with Three Gears as an adventure company. And what the aim behind that was is uh, catching up with all our employees around Australia. So we've got 2,700 people around the world and just on the east coast of Australia, we've got about 520 people. So... Yeah. Um, the reason why I got to go along is uh, as a representative of Mater. So I was fortunate enough back in 2016 to help kick off the Queensland business. Yep. So three of us come over from Western Australia and jumped in Ute 1, 2 and 3. And, you know, seven years later, we're sitting there with 530 people. So I went, flew over to Adelaide and jumped in the truck with Nashi. Now, Nashi is our general manager of people and culture. He also happened to be our first field service fitter ever. And I'll tell you what, if you're ever going to have a beer with somebody, it's him. He is a proper charismatic, rambunctious kind of guy and he's exactly the dude that you want in charge of your people and culture. How good is that? So um, we flew into Adelaide, met up at a caravan park and went and picked up Harley, which is the uh, adventure truck at the uh, truck depot. So um, basically the first cab off the rank was going into Adelaide. We got a hip camp. And uh, got a bus and picked up about 20 of the fellas yeah, and nice. uh, got straight into it. So um, the uh, truck itself is set up to take people out camping. So you've got 35 swags in the back of the trailer, got a heap of fridges where you can store all your food and everything. And my favourite part is it's got a 300 litre an hour beer chiller in the truck. Stop <laughs> it. Now she draws as much as a MIG welder. <laughs> but you can pump frothies out of that. As much as you want. Oh, stop it. Anywhere you are, too. Anywhere you are. Turn that on, and in seven minutes, you got beer at zero degrees. Who built it? So the truck itself was built by a bloke who was going to go around Australia, and uh, COVID happened, and he couldn't do it. Yep. So then it became the Three Gears truck. So it's a Isuzu 75 155. Um, so it's lifted. It's got a 10-ton GVM upgrade in them, so they come out, you know, seven and a half ton. Um, it's got a bit of a mixture mixture of stuff on it. So the uh, all-terrain warriors front bar on it. So they do a lot of conversions in Australia for those sorts of trucks, whether it be mining or adventure or whatever. So, you know, they put the super single kit on it and they put the bar work on it and all the rest of it. Um, so like the truck's got 37, be 12 and a half, 17 super singles on it and uh, 17,000 pound Sherpa winches front and back. It's got... You know, enough spotties to even blind somebody like Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. That, the Super Singles, like, bringing it – how much tonnage does that bring it down from the Julies? So, the – if you go to a 19-inch rim 
you can get a tyre rated at three tonne each. So you can yeah, have that truck okay. sitting at nine tonnes. So these ones are a little bit lower. Yeah. So the truck's not that heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's still a heavy beast. Like you're still carrying a full canopy with, you know, we've got 300 litre fridges on one side, a beer chiller on the other with another 60 litre fridge, four kegs on the back. We've got a 12 volt GMG smoker on the rear. We've got two spare tyres, 1,000 watts of solar, all Fuck our mate. gear in it. You know, so you, you've got a fair bit on it. But um, the best thing about the super singles is, like, when you're driving down the road, it's not, you know, it's following yeah. the ruts rather than climbing in and out of them. Yeah, right. So it sort of depends on what super singles you go, what tyres, what brand and everything. Like, your, you know, your Chinese brand tyres and stuff might say that they've got a high load rating, but you drive down the highway and she just pops. Hmm. So is it comfortable to drive or are you pretty over it by the... 19,000, whatever you did. For what it is, it's a bloody comfortable track. Like, it's got Fox independent, uh, sorry, remote resis all around it. It's got the best suspension you can get for a truck. It's got Stratus seats in the front. It's got a Bushman fridge in the console. It's got mm. two subs in the back and, yeah, you know, it. proper good disco mode in the front. But um, at the end of the day, it's still a truck. Yeah, like, yeah. You're kidney bashing all the way down the highway. <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah. have to tell anybody that once you get, you know, Adelaide, road's beautiful. Mm. Absolutely superb. You go down the Princess Highway and it all goes to shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then you go north of maybe Gympie and it gets worse. Mm. And then you get north of Cairns and it gets even worse. <laughs> then it's dirt, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you go past Mount Isa and then you've got a fucking bit on. Yeah. There was one thing I never was in the driver's seat of that truck and that was sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get out and you're exhausted and ready to fall over, but at the time you're just white-knuckling it ready for fucking death. Mate, who put this idea together because... That is a fucking ripper. Like having that set up, that is a bloke's playground to just go on a trip and talk about head noise and releasing a bit of steam. Fuck me. That's a perfect trip for a bloke to go on, isn't it? So the reason why we engaged him and we want to do those sorts of trips is our the owner of the company, Luke, is probably one of the best humans you'll meet. And, um, you know, he's always been an approachable, nice guy, man. Like he... He rocks up into town. He'll send all the boys a text. Hey, I'm here. You want to catch up for a beer, a yarn, whatever? Like he's come over to you, talk to you like he's your best mate, you know, and just a good, genuine bloke. Mm. And um, his biggest issue is because we got 2,700 people floating around. He just can't catch up with everybody. So like he loves it, froths it, and just wants to, you know, uh, have all of his guys having a good time, some camaraderie, you know being right in the head, knowing that they're, you know, happy at work, doing all those sorts of things. And uh, he took a heap of guys out in Perth and he was like, I love this. I mm. want, we need to do it. It's going to happen. And then uh, he spoke to Justin, the CEO, and um, Nashi, who's the GM of People and Culture, and he's like, this needs to happen. So it was sort of they're like, righto, how do we do it? And that's how they, you know, came to engage three gears. Mm. And uh, they went, righto, we're going to you know, take as many people as we can out and, you know, let's do some cool shit. So, like, your, your two things that the trip needs to succeed is, like, wow factor for one. So um, let's uh, we'll get stuck into some trips. So yeah. Adelaide, we've landed in Adelaide. We've got a hip camp. All the guys are there. First cab off the rank is we went to Mount Lofty Adventure Park and uh, did a high ropes course and some zip lining and they had a – you know, a massive swing where three blokes strapped to it in harnesses, they winch you up, it's about 40 metres high and just pull the cord Fuck off yeah. your fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, a bit of teamwork in it. Like, you got to understand, we're all, we're all tradies and, you know, we all 
like to think that we're big and tough, but every now and then a big and tough bloke might be afraid of heights. Yep. Yeah, that's right. But um, the human animal is a fucking different being when everything's going to shit. Like, like, you know, ragging on each other and carrying on. But it's, mm. it's fucking awesome to see when you get like 20 people in an area where we're doing something like that. And uh, you got to go up at heights and somebody's scared of it. All of a sudden, like, they're encouraging because they want him to do it and they'll give him shit afterwards. Yeah, so yeah. He'll That's hate right. me for fucking mentioning him, but Muddy, <laughs> old Dill, he's a proper good cunt. I've fucking got a lot of time for him. He was the one who was scared of heights. So yeah. he, he was unfortunately in my group and I'm not much scared of shit. Yeah. And I said, well, what, what activities we got? And they go, oh, that one over there is probably the hardest. It's called the Leap of Faith. <laughs> I said, fuck, that sounds all right. Muddy, let's go. His jocks so, would have been a bit muddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he cruised down there and basically all you got to do is climb up this fuck-off tree, walk out onto a platform, connect your harness and jump onto a trapeze. Oh. And then what they don't tell you is once you grab onto the trapeze, the only way to get down is just let go. Oh, yeah, So right. then you get caught in the harness. So uh, poor Muddy's fucking... Climbed up there because, like most blokes, he's like, I'm not fucking, I'm not tapping out, I'm no chicken. Mm. So he's sitting up there and he's fucking white knuckling and he's ready to go and he jumps out onto the trapeze and you see him hanging there and he's like, it was at that point of no return where he's like, I'm not fucking letting go. Yeah. And you just see his fingers slowly <laughs> but slowly start to run out of steam and he falls and he gets down to the bottom and he's like, Okay, that was pretty damn cool. Let's fucking do the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> so good on him, mate. That's good to see a bloke oh. get out of the comfort zone like that and actually fucking give it a crack. And that's what it's about. Like, you, you got people that are doing some stuff that they wouldn't, they would never do on their own. And, like, you know, they might be uncomfortable doing it. But at the end of the day, they're like, fuck, I'm really glad I did that. And I'm really glad I did it with all these people around us. Like, mm. overcoming adversity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, sort of doing it with your mates and, um, like, you know, breeding that good culture. Mate, doing that shit too outside of work with blokes that you work with, straight away that makes you closer together. You have a beer at the end of the day about it, then you're going to do something fun tomorrow. You might be at work four months later and you might go, Martyrs, remember when you fucking had to climb that tree and jump onto the trapeze? You know, and straight away <laughs> morale's up a bit in the smoke over it. 100%. Yeah. And, like, I love it. Like, we don't have to create a culture. We've got a good culture in the business. We're, we've got a unique culture where, like, from the very top to the very bottom, we've got tradies looking after tradies. So, like, the CEO's a tradie, the owner's a tradie, yep. the general manager's a tradies, the coordinator's a tradies. Like, you know, you've got that good culture where you're not a three-letter company and you're doing an induction and they're jamming what they reckon we should be down your throat. Like, mm. the crea- the culture we have is the culture we've created. And, like, it's, it's all about that, like, you know... I oh, know we got good dudes working for us. I just caught up with 220 of them around Australia and I fucking like all of them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, yeah. I don't need to find Sadly, out. Sadly, that's rare these days to have tradesmen from the top to the bottom. It is it is bloody rare. And I'll tell you what, it, I think it's, you know, the secret special. to success. Yeah. It is. And it, it's so relatable. And it's not about, like, you know, the whole been there, done that attitude. It's just the whole, they're not going to ask you to do something that they wouldn't do themselves. Yeah. Like, mm. You know, you ring them up. You got an issue, and they're like, "Yep, been there. I've, I totally, I totally get it." Yeah, yeah. You know, or like, or I've been there, and I had to do this to get out of that situation, or this is what I'd recommend, or something. Right? Yeah, or yeah. even the whole "fuck, man, I'm not doing this. This just sounds fucked." And they're like, "Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Yeah, yeah. Nah, <laughs> don't yeah, do yeah. it." So yeah, for sure, it's good. Mate, was uh, so that was your first stop, was it, Adelaide? That was the first stop, Adelaide. That was the first day. So the second day, what we did is we uh, went downhill mountain biking. 
Oh, yeah, fuck nice. yeah. I haven't done that, eh? That'd be sick. Mate, it's good fun. And as you can tell, I'm an athlete. <laughs> so, you know, all buck 25 of me. Has oh, gone. breaks would have got a good workout. Yeah, if you ask a dude on the zip line, though, the day before I was 119. Yeah, Conveniently, right. it was rated at 120. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing like when you go down a zip line that's about 60 metres long and you just hear, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck over the radio because I'm like hanging right down low and there's a bridge at the other end yeah, that he thinks oh, I'm going to clip. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the downhill was sick. Like I, I um, I get a bit of carry on in me when I got to do a lot of exercise. So I just tell people that's not me. That's Patricia. Yeah. Like, yeah. Talk to me after yeah. I've done the exercise, and I'll tell you how good it was. Yeah. But um, the downhill was fucking awesome, man. Like we ran at a heap of mountain bikes and engaged a company in the area. And uh, what we did is like the first bit was like a seven k downhill loop, and then uh, on the second part of the day. There's like this massive mountain system in Adelaide where you ride down. So the first stop was a wine distillery. You would have loved it. Mm-hmm. I found out that I hated everything there. <laughs> All the other people enjoyed the wine, though. I'm just an uncultured cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. I thought, oh, I'm surprised, mate, with all your cooking. I thought you might have tried to match something up. Oh, mate, I've, I've been... Uh, I have had it bashed into me, and I finally am starting to like a bit of Shiraz. Stop it. Oh, yep. yeah. I knew you'd get chubby over that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That lump in your pants when you bought it? Oh, mate. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. So you cruise into this bloody wine distillery. You know, you have all your tappers and olives and, you know, uh, prosciutto and all that sort of stuff while you're drinking a couple of wines, jump on the bikes and uh, cruise down the next hill and you end up at a gin distillery. And uh, being the cultured man I am, I've never tried gin and I'd never tried tonic. Yep. Didn't know what tonic was, didn't know what tonic tasted like. And uh, one of the... Blokes come over to me and he's like, hey, here you go, man, try this. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, gin and tonic, man, it's fucking awesome. I was like, right, oh, big gulp and just, what the fuck is just that? Wa- fizzy fucking watered down methylated spirits, really. Oh, I was like, it tastes like fucking poison, mate. Yeah. But the boys were loving it, so that doesn't matter if I don't fucking like it. They were having a fat time. Yep. And uh, we had this dude, Hoops, and uh, he's a fucking good dude, like, but like big, solid rugby player. And um, I hate when you say that. Oh, Imagine how big the gun is. He, like, I was looking at him like he was fucking landfill. Yeah. Like he's rocked up to the wine tasting and he's just, she's poured the glass and he's just. Oh. And she, he drank it that quick. She thought she forgot him. So she's like, oh, sorry, I forgot you. And he goes, oh, thanks, mate. So she pours another glass and just, just inhaled it. Yeah. Same thing. He rocks up to the gin distillery and he's like, grabbed a gin and tonic and he's like. <laughs> Another. <laughs> oh yeah. And um, it was that was fucking awesome going through there. Like all the guys are having a fat time. So you cruise down to the next one, and we're at a beer distillery. Stop it. So we're doing fucking um, beer tasting and everything. Like it was just. So it was like a mountain bike and pub crawl sort of thing. Yeah, man. It was fucking awesome. Like cool. just how it all worked. Like it just all connected. And uh, poor hopes the big cunt as he's fucking cruising into the beer distillery. The bloody chain on his bike gave way, so he's oh. just. Giving her the almighty on the right foot and just bang and, oh. dr- and driven the old fella straight into the crossbar. Oh. <laughs> i got to give him credit. He's tougher than me. He mm. didn't stack the bike. He didn't cry, nothing. He just pulled up on the side of the road, suggested yep. that a new chain would be good yep. and uh, just kept up her. Yep. Once again, we got to the beer distillery and just... That's when you got into your work. That's when I started getting into my work. <laughs> yeah. I, I was in my home turf. I was good like, right, eh? I've... I've played two away games and now I'm at home. Yep. Was how, that, yeah. How was the PR for it all? Like, did you have to, was it all structured and you just pretty much going, this is what we're doing? 
Um, so a lo- <laughs> it looks really structured when you rock up, but a lot some of it's flying by the seat of your pants. Like those trips. So we got um, Junior or Jaden, who's the admin, and Christina, who's the other uh, adventurer that sort of do the brunt of the organising work. Like yep. they're the brains behind the organisation. And uh, we got Caleb, who's uh, one of our fitters that was also along for the trip. Yep. He's another bloody legend. I've got some stories about him. But um, they sort of organise the brunt of it and the things that will leave to the seat of our pants is like on the first day, usually you do a hike or something like that and you go find some spectacular shit. Mm. Uh, the only problem with finding some spectacular shit is um, if there's no information or you haven't been there, you don't know if it's truly spectacular. Yeah. So uh, we do a bit of a recce the day before and go hike the track or something like that and then take the boys in. So, like, it's sort of, you know, 80% organised, 20% unorganised because you've got to leave some stuff to the imagination. Yeah, yeah. well, I suppose when there's that many of you too, you sort of can't be like on a thing because you don't want to be pushing blokes to quick hurry up. We got to go do this or something. They're there to have a good time, aren't they? Yeah, hundred percent. So like, if they're if they're stoked, to have happy, having a fat time, then that's what you're there for. Like, mm. you know, you you we did some big hikes, and I mean like fourteen k's, yeah, yeah, like in and out, and like you're cruising in and you're seeing this bloody infinity pool that you know not many people see because it's too hard to get to, and you're like. Fuck yeah, this is cool. Yeah, that is. So, that would be cool. Yeah, you're trying to get that wow factor, and like the guys, like a lot of the guys, like we'd put the big Yeti backpacks on, like the oh, um, yeah, the cooler yeah. bags, fill them up with booze, water, all the rest of it, bit of food, and cruise in there. And the guys are like, "Fuck, I can't hike that far." And I'm like, "Man, if my fat ass can do it, I reckon you might be able to." Yeah, yeah. So like, we'd cruise in there, and they get there, and they're like, "Fuck, this is unreal." Yeah, like, like you said before about the heights, mate. It'd be a thing where if old mate rocked up there by himself or with his family, he'd probably look at it and go, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Because everyone else was and other lads like him are doing it. Oh, 100%. Push past the comfort zone and when you're there, you go, fuck yeah. 100%, man. It. And like we didn't have anybody tap out on a hike the whole trip. Like There was nobody that said, I can't do this. Yep. Like they just figured out that they actually could. Like channel your inner David Goggins and fucking get after it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw a video you put on... Um, TikTok man of you up at like some cave paintings and stuff like that. Yeah, so that was in um, Kakadu <laughs> National Park. Oh, that was, fuck yeah, man! That That's was awesome. awesome. So, like Nashi and Caleb are born adventurers. They love rock climbing. They love doing everything. All they want to do on their days off is get out and explore. And they're both like pretty fit dudes, but they're energetic dudes, and they want to show other people like the stuff that they go do. Yep. So like, I put a post up where I was like, I fucking love this guy, and I fucking hate this guy but he takes me to some awesome spots and that was like the end of a 9k grueling hike <laughs> yeah. that we did a recce run on and it's like the grand staircase so there's like thousands of stairs and I'm like sucking in the big ones I'm fucking I'm carrying on like a pork chop and fucking <laughs> hating every cunt around me and then I finally get there and I'm like ah, fuck you this is awesome yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah. like you know it's all about that encouragement of like you know even even somebody like me I'm a pretty encouraging dude but even I need a bit of a fucking kick in the ass to go do something. And, like, mm. that's something I really took away from those trips is, like, you know, put in the extra effort. You might hate the fucking journey, mm. but afterwards, like, all the fucking leg hurt, all the sweat, all the tears, all the wobbling that I did, doesn't matter. We're here now. It's awesome. And I'm looking at some spectacular shit that yeah. I would never would have seen without that encouragement. Yeah, for sure, mate. Which, which like I said before, it builds a fucking good team, doesn't it? Oh, 100%, man. So, like, you know, and, and that's the the good thing. Like, that we, um, 
you know, on the first night, you, you just sort of tell the guys, like, you can have some beers and stuff and carry on and do whatever you want. Tomorrow we're just getting up at six. Yeah. So we'd recommend that, like, you know, being hungover as fuck isn't going to be, like, the, <laughs> the best thing for you. Hiking. <laughs> but tomorrow night you can just let your hair down and do whatever the fuck you like and we've got a bus to take you home at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do the hip camps, take yep. the guys, you know, out in the middle of nowhere where they can make as much noise as they want, have a few beers and, like, there's a bus to take you home. So there's, you know, there's a couple of secret sources of that. There's, like... Nashi's got a really good perspective on the world and like him leading from the top is exactly how we should do it. So like um, there's really two rules maybe. One of the rules is don't drink or drive. It's not mm. the only thing that we can't control. Like you can control so many things. Yep. You've got a heap of boys on the piss, don't drink or drive. We keep a cop breatho with us. Yep. You know, anybody about to cruise home, hey, man, blowing this, like, it's not worth it. Yeah, 100%. And um, the only other one is, like, you know, your good time might not be everybody else's good time and their good time might not be your good time. What we're here to do is so everybody has a good time. Yeah. So it's like you got carry-on and you got banter or anything like that, but it's like, you know, don't fucking bully this cunt to a pulp like he's going to have a shit time. Like, yeah. You know, and just, like, sort of. You know, sometimes we'll have partners with us and stuff like that. You know, you don't want fucking mum getting yeah, know, that's right, mate. harassed Rass, and going yeah. And even like the introverts, extroverts, different types of people when you have a big group, oh. just respect people's fucking – read the room a little bit. Yeah, you know? 100%. Like you got all people – like you got people who drink, people who don't drink. you got people who have, you know, different backgrounds, different hobbies, all that sort of stuff. Like, and, man, we didn't have a drama. Like, that's awesome. To take – we took 200 and something people out. Not a drama. Like, there was no arguments, there was no tiffs, there was no, you know, wobblies. Like, you got guys drinking a, you know, getting on the sauce pretty heavy. Yeah. And we've all been to a pub and we've all seen people getting rowdy and acting like fuckheads. Like, I just didn't see it. You well, know they... why? Because I reckon you kept them entertained. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Like, we've been a few conversations lately. When people aren't entertained, they're looking for something or yeah. drama. Well, mate, I was even talking about like those trips like Magic Round I just went to or we went to UFC Perth and went to fucking Adelaide when the Live Golf Tournament is on. When people are away on a trip to have fun, that's their time to have fun. Everyone's sort of in a good mood where I'll mate down the pub on a Friday night. He's going down there. He's just had a blue with the missus. He's kicked the fucking dog and he's looking to just take his anger out on someone where those trips, I feel like everyone's there to sort of have that good time, you know? Hundred percent, man, and like it, it was just like everybody just come in with a good attitude, and yeah. like a, you know, we're just going to get stuck into our work. We're just going to have a fat time. We're going to enjoy this, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have some. I'm going to make some new mates. I'm going to meet some people that I haven't spoken to before, and like we're just going to have a fat time. Yeah, and like, that's awesome. And you don't have don't even have to tell people that. Like they nah. just do it themselves. Like like I said, the you know you meet some fucking epic humans on that on those styles of events for sure, and um. Like, the boys in Adelaide, I've got to give them credit. Like, I saw some um, some gallant efforts of, uh, <laughs> like, you always got to have that most valuable player. Yeah, yeah. I saw some fucking good tilts out today. <laughs> so, Muddy, who is scared of heights, and Wiley. Those two definitely took charge in Adelaide. <laughs> and, um, like, just, like, you're getting back and, like, you know, boys will be boys. So, we're drinking beers and then the footy comes out and there's a bit of tackle footy going on and there's a... Bit of vortex and there's a bit of run it straight challenge and all that sort of <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know the uh, like 
bit of cruiser scale and all that sort of stuff, yeah, which yeah, I got yeah. lit up on TikTok about. Fucking, <laughs> who would have known that it's you know a horrible thing to drink some fruit beers? Yeah, how dare yeah. you? Yeah, how dare we? Yeah, <laughs> you can't have a voice like that and drink cruisers, mate. No, I didn't. I don't think it affected my testosterone levels at all. Yeah, if you're yeah. curious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a bloody solid night, eh? And yeah. uh, I remember because I I said to myself, I'm like, fuck, I got to go to bed at some point because I guess who cooks brekkie in the morning. Yeah, and um, I come out of my swag at probably oh, maybe five thirty in the morning, and I was pretty dusty. And I looked at Wiley and Muddy asleep in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Wiley had a rooftop tent that he couldn't get into, and Muddy's swag was simply too far away. <laughs> now, mind you, it was eight degrees in Adelaide, so here they oh. are having a bit of a dirt nap and shivering and carrying on and. Said to him, "Here you going, boys?" They're like, "Oh fuck, coffee would be good." Oh, that would have been like those two blokes dancing on Red Dog at the end of the night, where they fucking, you know, the two oh, blokes fuck. left over. I reckon the cold definitely helps with the hangover. Yeah, hundred percent. At least it wasn't twenty fucking eight degrees straight up in the morning. You out, snaps you out of it a little bit, eh? It helps with the dehydration. Yeah, oh, good good food helps as well. Like fill mm. the boys full of good bit of tucker, like on so, the. Back of that truck, we got a GMG smoker. Mm. Yeah, nice. So um, they're actually 12 volt by nature, so you just plug it into the SIG port and off you go. Nice. How would you go cooking for that many people? It's um, not as hard as I thought. Yeah. So what the smoker, generally what we do is grab like two or three whole rib fillets and stick them straight on the smoker and leave them there for, you know, 12, 24 hours, regardless what it is. But it's good because you can't fuck it up. Like a, yeah. a rib fillet is a good cut of meat whether you smoke it or whether you eat it blue in a steak. Yeah. Mm. Like it's just a good cut. So like pulled beef, it's excellent. You run out of time, you cut it into steaks, put it on the barbecue, happy yep. days. Yeah, yep. yeah. So like you can't – it's unfuckable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. good cut, eh? Yeah, and the, the boys get around it. So you do like – we did pulled beef burgers that night with some coleslaw and stuff like that. And Christina, she's German-Italian, so she loves doing pasta dishes. So the first night was tortellini with um, tomato sauce and stuff, and you can feed, like, an army mm. with, like, Fast. those styles yeah. of feeds, and it's it's easy. Yeah. And then typical when they're hungover, bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs, brother. sausages. Especially when they're used to eating bacon and eggs out of a Camp Bay Marie. When you cook it like that with a bit of fucking love, they oh. fucking love it, mate. <laughs> My favourite thing, and I, I did it multiple times on that trip, was everybody's asleep, the herd's quiet, crank the, crank the barbecue up. And as soon as you put that bit of bacon and onion on that barbecue, you just see the walking dead rise. Yeah. (laughs) You you just hear a zip on the swag, the flap peel open, and then somebody sticks their head out. Just, oh. 100%, mate. You're right, though, eh? That smell in the morning just. It's like when you're camping, man. It's just that thing that just gets you going, eh? It's the right way to start the day. Oh, mate. You need something to lift the health meter. And bacon and eggs is a bloody good way to do it. What? Blend 43, copper fucking flogging. Oh, mate. We went bougie. We did the Makona. Ooh, yeah, stop it. Nice. But the jet boils got a flogging. We had four jet boils on the table. Yeah. Makona there, and you just see people just sort of come in, coffee's ingested, now we're alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, think, oh, the only poor thing that copped a flogging that day was the port Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that thing would be fucking off tap. So when you said they um, had a rooftop and that there, you got blokes on a coaster bus getting followed Buy your truck, or you'll go there first, and then can people come in normally um, yeah. with their own setups? And that's what you're saying: don't drink, drive, 
if you bring yeah. your own setup back. So, like, some of the guys fly, uh, fly in, fly out. Some yeah. of the guys are local guys. So, yeah. uh, Wiley lives in Adelaide, so that's why he had his car there. And a couple of others live there, so that's why they, they had their stuff there. Buses there for the FIFO guys. Swags are there for whoever needs them. Yeah. Now, if you want to bring your own swag, bring your own swag. Like, no yeah. dramas, but we've got them there. And, like, by no means are they, sh- you know, shit ones either. So, like, you know, the, the secret sauce was buy the good swags, buy the good decent Darchy swags, and, mm. you know, people have a good sleep. So, but that's why we say don't drink, drive. Like, by all means, bring your own car. But, you know, it's not worth it in the morning when you're still blowing numbers or something to cruise off and have yeah, an accident. Chill out, like, have a feed of bacon and eggs, have a laugh with the boys about the two cunts sleeping in the dirt, fucking yeah. talk a bit of shit. <clears throat> yeah, and, right. one, and once you're, you know, you're ready to go, you can you can go. Or, like, if you're, you know, if you're on the source that night and something happens at home, like, we'll move heaven and earth to get you home. Mm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean you need to drink and drive. There's, you know, if we got to fucking pay for an Uber, then pay for an Uber. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you know we'll get you home. Like, yeah, Get you home right. safe, so... Yeah. I think what we're all guilty of is the next morning is knowing when you're right. Well, it's fucking hard, isn't it? You don't. You've had a good sleep. Yeah, a little bit on the um, well, what's the word? Foaming at the mouth. What's the fucking word? Dry tongue, anyway. Dry horrors. Yeah. Dry horrors. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. That's right. And then a bit of bacon, eggs, and a fucking bit of orange juice. You're laughing. Yeah. Ready oh, to tackle yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. Right. and like it, it, it's surprising how much you can blow the next day after a yeah. night. Like, yeah. and you don't realise you sit there and you go, "Nah, I'm sweet," blowing mm. the breath out, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm over the limit." I think working in the mines for ages really made me realise what you can get away with and what you can't. When you don't have to blow into a breath out to go to work, you don't often know. But I think knowing your limits over the years out there, what you can play up with with the boys and what you can get away with blowing in it at five to check yourself in the morning, I think that helps blokes get that. Awareness. Oh, hundred percent. But <clears throat> it, we just run the whole no pressure to get out of there the next day. Like, yeah. right. if you need to stay there till one o'clock because you're just feeling ordinary or you need a bit more sleep or something like that, let's mm. just do that, and then you can peel off. The bus is a good thing. Like, you know, people fly into the airport. You go pick them up in a coaster bus. You know, yeah. doesn't matter how hungover they are the next day. You're putting them on a bus and you're driving them back to where they need to go. And they're not. They don't have to worry about a thing. Mm, for sure. Yeah. How but, many on every trip, like to, to what that truck set up to carry, like with the swags and everything like that. So the biggest trip, uh, we did two trips with thirty-eight people apiece. Yeah. Uh, that was in Ely Beach. Yep. So they were yeah. the biggest ones. But um, <clears throat> you know, if more swags need to go on the truck, they do. Like the the food and stuff. That's pretty easy to cater to. It was just sort of what we had in the trailer at the time. So. Um, I think the smallest trip we had was 12 people. The biggest trip we had was 38. So, yeah, you know, cool. fair decent <clears throat> amount of people like to run. I don't know if you've ever packed for camper with your, with your missus and you think, fuck, we're taking way too much stuff. Yeah. Imagine 38 that. people. When you got a, when you got a cater for 40 and you're like, yeah. <laughs> when we go stay on the island over at Northwest and the amount of shit you need for three weeks with 20 people. Yeah. I've got a bit of an idea. Yeah, it's that a would joke. be hectic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is there a potential to, for them to get another truck and then do a bigger group? Or you reckon keep around that 38, that's perfect. There's not too much politics. Everything went well. Keep oh. it as that. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, but you personally run, oh, like being involved, you're like, oh, this works pretty well. I think it works pretty well. I really do. Like, you, you know, if you get too many people, like sometimes people can be left out. Like that 38. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Had a fat time, but it's mm. just sort of run more trips, I think. Yeah, yep, yeah, like, yep. you know, they, I'm sure they could engage it and uh, go, fuck, we need to do 
more people and more people and more people. Um, and I'm sure they'd look into it. But, um, yeah, just doing them ourselves, like it's a manageable amount of people. Like, you know, you want to be able to have a sit down and have a yarn with each individual person. Yeah, know them all personally. Look them in the whites of their eyes and, you know, find out what they're about. Find out what they do on their days off. You know, what do you, have you got kids? Like, what are your kids' names? Like, what do you like doing on your days off? Like, you know, you, mm. your kids playing footy or are they entering chess tournaments or whatever they're doing like you. You get that personal um, connection with them. Yeah. So, like, you know, I like the I like the trips that have got about 20 people because you can sit down and have a chat with everybody over two days and you get to really know them. Yep. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Um, you know, you get that comfortability with them where they ring you up on Monday morning with a work drama and they're like, they know exactly who you are and yeah. you know exactly who they are and you're like, yeah, but I'll, I'll sort it out for you. No dramas. Yeah, that is a good so, point. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Mate, what's, what do you reckon the highlight for you has been doing it so far? Like a place, a certain place or a time and an event or? So my um, favourite was like the stuff that I'd never done really before. So when we went to the Blue Mountains, we did uh, canyoning. So um, a canyon by definition is a gorge or a canyon made by water. So like going through the Blue Mountains, throwing wetsuits on, throwing harnesses on and carrying your gear in there and climbing through like the cascades and climbing through like little caves and everything with the water coming towards the end, setting all the ropes up and then yeah, abseiling cool. down a waterfall. Fuck yeah, Man, that's awesome. Man, I, I just that's thought right. that was unreal. Like, I've never seen scenery like that in my life. And it's scenery you can only see by getting in there with ropes and, you know, belaying down a cliff face or something like that. I, I Man, I yeah, love... Abseiling. Yeah, a bit of abseiling. A bit, <laughs> different, <laughs> a bit different how you blokes do it. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. But, Unreal, mate. Yeah, because that was the very next trip after Adelaide. So we went to um, – oh, sorry, before that we went to Melbourne and the boys went whitewater rafting. Yeah. That was bloody good. I missed out on that one because so the Three Gears truck is named Harley. Mm. And uh, on the M80 at about 8 o'clock in the morning, Harley blew an inter- intercooler pipe on the highway. Oh. So I was in the centre lane, blew an intercooler pipe, and in a 100 zone, I went from 100 to about 20 real quick. <laughs> yeah. So like, I've pulled over onto like not even the median strip, just the, the striped white lines where you merge from one, like from a, oh, what are they, it's not a fucking exit, it's an inlet or whatever yeah. the fuck you call it, yeah. there you get onto the highway. On one of those, and I'm stripping the truck apart because the intercooler pipe's right under the driver's seat. Yeah, um, right. Under the floor. So I've like got my ass in the breeze and I can just feel the trucks and the cars just going past me backside and I'm like um, like Caleb who was with me, he's a fitter as well, like but only one of us could get in there. He's like, What do you want me to do? And I'm like, please make sure I don't get hit by a fucking truck. Yeah. So like the boys went out white water after while we got that shit show back on the road and um we uh, ended up getting a hip camp which was a winery. So once again you would have been full in your element, but it was bloody awesome. Like we only had a small crew there, so it was a one nighter, not a two nighter. Yeah. And um, yeah, once again, epic group of boys. And this is where I got, I tasted my first Shiraz that I liked. Yep. So one of the blokes rocked up, and he had like two bags of wine bottles. I was like, oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> and um, he just said, oh boys, you know, my old boy's got a uh, a hobby farm where he we we make wine and we can't sell it because we don't have a license, so we just you know give it away. Thought I'd let you try it. And I'm like, fuck, right, eh? So we got garage plonk. And I was like, I'm sure I'll love it. Anyway, so I've pulled a pint glass out of the truck and I was like, oh, I'll give us a belt at it. And you know, they're all doing the, doing the swirling and all the fancy stuff yeah, and smelling it and shit. Mm. And uh, I'm not a 
fancy bloke by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. I'm definitely not a townie cunt, so I don't yeah. know what all that means. But um, <laughs> I took a sip. I was like, well, I'll be fucked. Mm. That's not bad. Drank a little bit and then I, you know, drank about that much of a pint glass and then I sat there and I was like... <laughs> She fucking sorts you out. If anyone goes, oh, that's for, I don't know, what's the, like, for girls or something like that, nah, that shit will sit you on your ass. Oh, I was in, um, I was like Barney the Purple Dinosaur, mate. I was just sitting on the chair having a fat time after drinking a half a pint of that. <laughs> mm, that's a different piss too, I suppose. If you're not used to a certain drunk that it gets you, like, red wine drunk would be different, wouldn't it, Ken Barney? Oh, definitely. Well, she's, heavy, she's, love heavy, she's love drunk and heavy-headed. Oh, yeah. And I'll, dehydration, you... I'll, I enjoy drinking wine, but I'll have a water in between a wine. wine. Yeah, right. I to give I'm not trying hope. to be any hero. I don't know yeah. how people can scull it. But I'll, oh. have, I'll just have a water because I enjoy it yeah. in between. Just keep the hydration going. Mm. So, yeah, if you want to be a hero, drink rum. <laughs> Mate, like, how Lord's would someone nectar. go about doing a trip like that? Like, fucking, because that probably appeals to a lot of fucking people. So, like, um, how the trips do it is, uh, like, yeah. You just engage a vendor. So, like, when we went to the New South Wales trip and we did the canyoning, so uh, that was all with ASM, which is Australian Mountaineering School. Yep. So, like, people can just ring them up and book a trip in. So the only difference would be, like, you know, we had a group of 15, 20 people, so they just took us. Yeah. But there's no reason why, like, you know... Couldn't go do the um, downhill mountain biking in Adelaide. Oh, yeah, Book it yourself, yeah. Definitely can. You can book into that sort of stuff. And just you might be with a group of people that you don't know, but it's you know no different to what we just did. Mm, yeah. Like a lot of our guys didn't know each other, and it's you know you're just yeah. doing this awesome adventure. Mm. So like um, when we jumped in with the, the Australian Mountaineering School, like go to their head office, get fitted up with wetsuits and harnesses and stuff. They chuck you on a bus and take you straight to the start of the canyon, and you know you just get stuck into it. And yeah. like. Man, you, you find that you can bond with somebody very, very, very quickly when you're doing something that neither of you have done, done before. Yeah. Because you're like both struggling together and it's like this, you know, you're putting together a puzzle yeah. and trying to figure out how you're going to do it. You know, you might be a little scared or a bit worried or, you know, whatnot. Like the other thing I was worried about is climbing into a cave where I had like gravity help me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I felt like a fucking cork in a wine bottle just going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, have you on that note? Have you seen a couple of those mad cunts on TikTok where they're in caves and like, sc- like crawling through and like carrying the phone a little bit with them? It freaks you. Like I reckon, yeah, that's loose. Have it when they do it underwater, like Donald Cerrone oh. doing that, and then you you tagline, and then you run out of battery or your oxygen, and you're stuck or you. Oh, oh mate, it's those wild, stories Donald Cerrone talked about on Rogan of getting stuck one day and couldn't find his way out, or the tagline got went loose. I'm like, that has got to be the most scariest thing ever. Yeah. So we did one of those things. So the dude that was running us through Katoomba, he was one of those mad cunts that climbed through caves and shit, and he was telling us about how you got to lube yourself up and you got to like let all the breath out of your chest and everything to like squeeze through some areas and. I was just, it was making me sick thinking mm. about it. But, like, he frothed it. Like, he was an adventure dude through and through. Like, yeah, he yeah. just wanted to go do shit that nobody could, else could do. Like, he'd climb cliff faces. He'd, you know, jump down into canyons. Like, he just loves it all. Mm. But um, we did the tagline thing. And it was just like, you know, boys will be boys. So it was just like, as we were going through Catherine, the four of us um, went and stopped in with uh, Nashie and Carla's mate, Andrew. And uh, he's, we're like, what should we do in Catherine? He's like, oh. 
go to the Catherine Hot Springs. That's always good for a beer and a chill out. Mm. So we're sitting there in this pool at the top of the Catherine Hot Springs, and he's like, oh, there's a fucking cave under here that I've never, like, looked in. So we're just sitting there in, like, this hot tub style um, hot spring, and Nash is like, I'm going to go get the snorkeling gear out of the truck. So he's like, run up and grabbed his goggles and bloody snorkel lamp piece and a couple of torches. And he's like, down he goes, into the cave. <laughs> and he's like, that's a big cave. We're like, really? Okay. So we're like taking turns, like, I don't know whether you've gone underwater for a big period of time, but you sort of like take a deep breath, hold it for a bit out, and you're sort of like trying to... Hyperventilate like, yourself yeah, to, to... Warm up your lungs, yeah. and then like, we're going in and seeing how far we can get in each time, and like, we get to the back of the cave, and there's a fucking tagline there. So um, apparently that uh, Catherine Hot Springs goes underground all the way to Mataranka. Wow. I don't know how far that little cave goes in. It could be 20 metres, I don't know. But it was yeah. it was one of those situations where like, I went under there and I'm like, well, I'm trying to work out in my head how long I can hold my breath for and mm. whether I'm counting accurately. Because if I go in too far, I'm fucked because yeah. nobody's pulling my big ass out of there. Yeah. But um, there was fucking cool and I take my hat off to anybody who puts themselves in a situation like that where they're climbing on a tagline through a water hole. Like, yeah. That's that's adventure at its finest. Well, yeah, of, that's awesome. Two of the loosest things is that, I reckon, underwater, and then just that solo climbing. I think you're just a suicide. Oh, yeah. that's suicide. with un, un, unassisted. Uh, yeah. yeah. In the snow, just the pigs. Fucking loose. That's um, off its head, isn't it? What do they call it? Free climbing or whatever. Yeah, I think so. I've got to fucking piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so, uh, mate, that sounds like a fucking unreal experience and sort of a good thing of why people, I suppose, should every now and again get out of their comfort zone and try something new, way eh, to fucking just rejuvenate the mind. Oh, mate, if there's one... Th- so, like, i got so many yarns about the trips that we did. Like, that's a snippet of nine weeks on the road. Mm. And if there's one thing I can take away from it, it's stop, smell the roses, the shit you drive past all the time, pull in there and have a look, and, like, if there's something that might get you out of your comfort zone, you might find out that it is one of the most unreal experiences of your life. Yep. If you had asked me a year and a half ago if I wanted to go canyoning and abseiling, I would have been like, uh, maybe next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if you'd asked me, I'd be like, fuck yeah, when are we going? Yeah, like, that's awesome. Mate. Get out of your comfort zone and you'll fucking, you would be amazed at how, you know, awesome some shit can be. Eh? And like, how amazing Australia is. 100%. Yeah, all the That's hidden gems. Man. Even the shit as simple as hiking, man. Like, I fucking hated hiking before this stuff. And, like, mm. now, like, if you suggested me, like, man, there's some pretty cool shit I hear at the end of this, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll get me bot bot and let's go. Yeah, it's, it's putting it into perspective, like, that's pretty cool. Because I think I've given it shit before saying it's just glorified walking cunt. Like, what are you calling it, <laughs> hiking? But, I mean, I can see where, like you said before, it's a bit of a challenge. You get there and you get to sit and appreciate what a lot of people who don't do that walk get to see you know 100 man you see some spectacular parts of this beautiful country like you know matty baker said on the last podcast that you know you could spend your whole life and not see it all mm. i'll tell you what though see as much as you can because you yeah. won't regret it yeah you know? yeah no for sure mate. have you done a lot of australia before this um so i've done a bit around the territory a bit of wa yeah uh, a lot around queensland um south australia is somewhere i've never explored and uh if i get an opportunity to go around tasmania on a motorbike I will be grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. Like, uh, I really want to re- uh, recreate that trip I just did on a motorbike. Yeah. I'd love to just do, like, you know, jump on it and fucking go and not have any plan, 
just sit there and go, righto, I've got enough in the budget to do this many weeks and I'm going to see how far I can get. Because I'm like getting to know you a bit now, like that's your happy place, isn't it? Yeah. Like being on a motorbike, open road, just... 100%. It clears ahead. And like for some people, that's not what it is. But for me, it is. But one thing, all, of, all the people that are travelling around Australia, no matter how you do it, they can definitely share that uh, love for just seeing something they haven't seen before. Mm. And the, the ones that I encourage people to see is not the touristy ones. Like, you know, all the townie cunts that fly in from fucking Melbourne or, you know, overseas and everything and they, they jump in a bus and they go, you know, 40k down the road to the waterfall that everybody's seen. Like, that's something you can see, like, on a road trip and stop in for half an hour. Like, take a day and go, righto, this is 150k's off the beaten track in the wrong direction. But it's cool. Just yeah. go do it. Like you won't regret it. Like yeah, you'll yeah. see some awesome shit. Oh, oh. fucking ice, mate. That's awesome. I hope that gives someone a bit of a kick in the ass to go and you know. Oh, hundred percent. Might mate. join you on your Tasmanian inbred tour on the bike, <laughs> mate. Done deal. I'll, we can, can, yeah, that'd be a good vlog. That cunt. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> we could have Cam Cam. He could sit on the back with a camera on his head. <laughs> Check it in on the local cars. We'll yeah, sit. Yeah. We'll sit you backwards on it. So we can have a camera on my head, seeing forward, and a camera on your head, seeing backwards. Pit, pit vipers on, fucking ready to go. <laughs> weapon. Interview a few family reunions. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Mate, we <laughs> talked at the start about how lots changed since last time. Fucking, I had dreads. We were in the shed at fucking Cambo's place. And, mate, you were still swinging spanners. Why don't you fucking talk to us about, you know, transitioning off the tools? What was that like for you as someone who really enjoyed swinging them? Like, oh, mate, and I still do. Like, my happy place is fucking around in my shed. Mm. Like, I love pulling stuff apart. I love making stuff. And uh, basically, uh, my boss gave me an opportunity to jump off the tools and do something different. So... Uh, the role that I'm doing now is people and culture and business development. And um, like I said, we've got a pretty unique culture and it's not about creating a new culture. It's about maintaining and, you know, allowing the new people that come into the business to learn a bit about what, you know, what we're about and what the guys are about and, you know, catching up with the guys and making sure that they're having a good time at work and, you know, listening to their dramas. Like, it's, it's awesome that we've gotten to a size where like you can put some funding into stuff like that where you know you're having a shit go out at Blackwater and I can come out and see you and go like hey what's going on man like I hear you got dramas and that's what I'm here to do I'm not out here to fucking you know do a safety audit on you like I hmm. do that stuff day to day on site with <coughs> bloody business development but after work I can catch you in the camp and we can have a tin and we can sit down and chat about it and like you know we'll try and map out a career for you or we'll, yeah. you know try and see what's going on like you never know what's going on in somebody's life. Like um, uh, another one that Nashy sort of instilled into me was, uh, you know, be the best person you can be in the situation you're in. Yep. Like because you never know what's happening to the dude across from you. He doesn't know what's happening in your life. So like if you can try and adapt that culture of, you know, being the best person you can be in the situation, like things go a lot smoothly and like letting the guys know that, you know, they can talk to all of us, they can talk to each other and, you know, just uh, instilling the culture that we've already got into, mm. you know, the new guys that are coming in. Because, like, like you said, you guys try and break down the stigma of, you know, men have got to be these big, tough, knock-around blokes that never talk about shit. Mm. And like I spoke about in the last podcast, like, things can bottle up. Like, um, 
when I heard that's what they wanted me to do, I was ready to run at that head first. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Well, mate, it's fucking awesome. And kudos to whoever thought about putting you in that role because you were talking about being that guy on the crew that picked the boys up. Now you can be the fucking guy for the company to run that. And you're relatable. And you're relatable. You've been through that. You've been stuck in the camp room when you probably want to be at home. Oh, 100%. I might not be everybody's cup of tea, but um, what I try to go for it, and uh, so Dan, my current boss, taught me probably one of the the, uh, most important lessons I've ever had. And he taught me this like seven years ago. I was young. I had the shits on site. Um, I couldn't deal with this dude I was working with, and I was like, fuck this cunt. And he just said, no, no, settle down. He's like, just calm down, have a chat to him, have a beer with him. I said, I'm not fucking having a beer with that cunt. Dan said, you don't have to like a bloke to have a beer with him. He goes, sit down and have a beer with a bloke and you might actually find out you can get along with him. And, like, ever since then, like, the older I get, the more that range true in my brain. Like, you don't have to like somebody to have a beer with them. Like, sit down and actually fucking connect with your fellow man. Mm. And, like, every time I catch up with the boys, like, you know, I went to Blackwater last week and caught up with 23 of our guys in Blackwater. And, like, you know, you got a guy who's walking in that you've never seen before in your life. And, um, you know, usually that's a pretty intimidating thing to go sit and have a beer with one dude. Or, like, you ring up, there's only one dude in Blackwater. And you ring him up and go, hey, man, you want to have a beer? It's a pretty intimidating um, time sometimes for people, like, going and sitting and have a drink with somebody you've never met. Especially if they get a call from you with your voice. Hey, mate, you want to have a beer? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they might go, oh, fuck. You want to go sit like... in the beer garden? <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> Oh, my God, I need to check this out. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but, like, yeah. you know, you, you don't have to like a cunt or no, I can't have a beer with them. Oh, that's and a like, great point, man. It just, like, fuck, if we could all adapt that sort of mindset, like, we'd we'd all probably get along a damn sight better. And, like, Dan's a fucking good example of that. Like, he's really, you know, really good dude to sit down and have a beer with. That's one of those things, too, where you might not like him even at the end of that beer, but you might understand who he is a bit more. Yeah, so I, you might know why he's like that. He or might... Fucking he might love doing shit that I would never in a million dreams... Do. He might be interested in fucking knitting, mm. but that's what he's interested in. And he yeah. might think that, you know, what I do is boring as fuck. Yep. Like, totally understandable. We're two different dudes. Yeah. But, like, at the end of it, you've got a whole new respect for him because you're like, yeah, he's passionate about these sorts of things. So, mm. like, you know, if we're ever getting into it. And, um, like, the other side of what I'm doing is the business development, which is, you know, basically trying to improve on what we're already doing. Yeah. Like, yep. um, if you... You can Google business development and it comes up with a thousand different things. But uh, basically what it was is all the work that I wanted to do when I was on the tools, I've been given an opportunity to go find it for myself. Like sit there and go, man, we should do that. I've got no chains on my back. Go find it. Go do it. That's awesome, Same mate. with the people and culture. Like you want to do some cool stuff for the boys? Fuck off you go. You got a credit card, mate. Yeah. Like go plan it in. Let us know what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, as long as they're having a fat time and, they, you know, they're getting some benefit out of it, you go for it. Yeah, that's I was, awesome. I just went, right, okay. Is it Was it hard for you, man, or a bit weird at the start? Like going, right, here you go, like knowing what you can go, oh, can I do this or that, or knowing where to go first. Like it would have been a bit of an eye-opener, a big world of do what you want. You know? Oh, you feel like a dog that's just left the yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great fucking analogy. Like, um, so I have some brilliant support. Don't get me wrong. But um, they they give you enough rope that you can, you know, make something in yourself. Like, they've got faith in you. They know who you are. They're not silly. They put you in a position because of that. Like, um, But it was just this whole new world to me. So, like, I love the simplicity of the tools. Mm. 
one thing I miss the most about the tools is you can rock up to work at 6am, not know a thing about the previous shift, get given a job, all your problems are mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, no matter how bad the day is, at 6 o'clock it ends, phone goes off, go crack a tin, I sit there and go, gee, tell me that was fucked, gee, Cam, that was fucked. Yep. We have a laugh and get stuck into her the next day. Mm. And uh, that's something that I miss. Like now, sort of like you got the work phone and, you know, people can call you after work and... You know, you might have some stressful days. And don't get me wrong, the dude smacking GT off a digger bucket with a sledgehammer for 12 hours has had a worse day than me. Mm. He's slogged her out in the sun and the rain and everything else, and he's working damn sight harder. Like, I might have a bit of mental stress, but, you know, it's just, it comes with the territory. And, like, I, um, I get satisfaction out of what I'm doing. So, you know, that sort of gives you a bit of drive to keep going like I love that I can go search for the work that I'd want to do mm. you know you can look after the guys that have a problem and know that you can be a voice for somebody um I, I like that side of it but yeah. I do miss the fact that you know there's also the other thing of like you're on the tools you're good at it mm. this new adventure that you've gone to you've got no experience in it and you're not sure if you're going to be good at it and yeah. you might fall on your fucking face and that is a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty intimidating concept like you know, you guys started a podcast. Yeah, you I was just going to say, very related bull to these two right here. Oh, mm. yeah. You don't, you don't know where it's going to go. Like you got a you got a image in your head of where you want it to go. Yeah. yeah. And you might trip and stumble and carry on a couple of times, but if you just like I said to you guys, you guys just swung for the fucking fences, and that's the only way to do it. Yeah, like, you have a cracker. You know, like you, yeah. you're you're in it now. Like mm. start swimming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No, it is right, man. It'd be a good feeling for you having someone put that trust in you, though, eh? And have that belief in you to go, mate, I like what you're about. Go and fucking do it. 100%, man. So, like, it, it was... Uh, you, you have, like, that internal drive to go, you know, this dude's put a bit of trust in me mm. and I'm going to try and repay that back by having a good fucking tilt at it. Yeah. Can and you give some examples on the business development? Like, what are you... like? Um, targeting like rebuilds or what? What? What's the focus around that part of it? So the the what we like doing is, and what my primary focus at the moment is, what the boys like doing. Yeah. So like we've got you know say five hundred and thirty people on the east coast of Australia. Now we got guys who love doing shutdowns on large excavators, um, love doing midlifes on trucks. They love doing you know that good stuck in grit. Uh, grit work where you can just sit there and go, fuck yeah, I had a good day today, man. I just, you know. Not spinning filters. I'm not actually spinning, doing components. Yeah, not spinning tins. So, like, what I'd like to see is, like, you got your big companies that uh, have, you know, lots of gear and the problem with contractors and stuff is the first place that they send people is the service bay. Yeah. And, like, you could have the best fitter in the world and he'll get sent to that site and spin tins all day. And, you know, he just feels like he hasn't achieved anything. So you want to try and find the work for, you know, the bloke that wants to get stuck into it, the young fellas that have just come out of agriculture where they've known nothing else but fucking work. Yeah. And, yeah. like, you know, these blokes at 22, got all the horsepower in the fucking world, just come out of an industry where, like, they're working their guts out and you want to make sure that they can continue on that trajectory yeah. and get some work where, like, they might have the horsepower and the drive and they just want the experience and you're trying to find the work where you can give it to those guys and go, right, I get stuck in, big fella. Yeah. Well, mate, we talk about it all the time about building a place where everyone's doing something that they're good at and they enjoy. Because we talk about spinning tins and that, mate, I can guarantee you, you will find an old fella, that's all he wants to do. 
He just wants to go in there, spin tins, fucking service that machine and go home. Or, or a young fella that just anyone, goes, yeah. I just want to be comfortable at doing what I know. That's right. And then there's some bloke going, I, I want to be thrown in the deep end. Yeah, so it's all about fucking putting blokes in those positions where they're like, fuck yeah, man, this is me. You know? Oh, 100%. And like, I'm not a wizard. I can't make it happen overnight. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah. neither can anybody else. And we've, we've got guys that are sitting there spinning tins, but what I'm trying to achieve is... Uh, At least you're having those conversations. Yeah, you know, you, you're trying to make sure that he doesn't have to spin tins. Like, my last, you know, few years of me being on the tools was either large-scale excavator shutdowns or you know, field work and all that sort of stuff. And that's what I really enjoyed doing. And, like, we've got guys who really enjoy trucks or guys that really enjoy dozers or drill rigs or, you know, et cetera, yep. et cetera. And you want to try and find that large-scale work on those machines so that those guys are getting some job satisfaction. Mm. You know, they're going home, they're feeling good, you know, and, you know, life's breezy. And, mm. like, you're always going to have dramas in any business, no matter what you have, of people, you know, running into a drama. Yeah, and that's okay. But you know, if you're getting job satisfaction, then you know uh, you're a lot more willing to sit there and ring up the boss and go, "Hey, man, look, job's cool, but you know I'm fucking a bit stale here." And yeah, you go, right, hey, cool. Let's fucking bump you onto the next site and get stuck in there and we'll bring another fella in to get a bit of experience here. And mm. you know, it's good. Like I enjoy that I've been given an opportunity to do that. Yeah. How have, you, how have you found, like, what's your roster now, bro, like with home and that sort of thing? Like, obviously, a lot of the time was even time when you're on the tools. What's it in, involved now? So I've worked multiple rosters. So on the tools, I did multiple rosters, you know, four weeks on, one week off, three weeks on, one week off, two weeks on, one week off, four and three, seven and seven, the whole lot. Now I'm doing Monday to Friday, but I'll usually be on the road three days a week. Yep. So, if, for example, I'm going to go home tonight because I'm – close to here and then tomorrow I'm going to go out to Copper Bella and check on a few boys that are doing some rolling shutdowns. So usually it'd be about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on the road, seeing the seeing some clients, seeing some guys, catching up with them in the afternoon. Yep. Monday, Friday, doing my office stuff or, you know, if it runs over and I've got to be out on site on Friday or vice versa Monday. So it's that Monday to Friday sort of ticket. That's, yeah, that's great that you don't have to be on the road Monday. Like if you have a decent weekend away camping or on the bike, yeah, well, you, you get home Monday, go into the office, reset before you head off again. Yeah, so a lot of the time, like, your uh, big dogs on site don't want to know any cunt before midday on a Monday and they don't want to know any cunt after midday on a Friday. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's a good opportunity on that Monday morning and that Friday afternoon to do, like, there's a fuckload of paperwork involved in any office job. And it's an opportunity to do all that, set your meetings, ring the clients, ring the boys, you know, get geared up for the week and make sure that you've got a a plan in your head because mm. um, that's one thing that I've got to, you know, improve on myself is like uh, paperwork side. I'm a diesel fitter. <laughs> I, I haven't spent my career sitting in front of a computer. It's all new. It's all foreign. I'm a fucking troglodyte, man. Like, yeah, handover I'm, sheet was the hardest thing. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hey. Doing so, the two-digit like, shuffle on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. And like it's – Can't fucked. <laughs> and like the, the stuff all we're the trying best. to record is important. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm fucking new to it. I'm slow at it. I type like a fucking penguin on the computer. You walk into the office and you see the admin girl just like setting fire to the keyboard. She's typing that fast and she mm. just made you look like an idiot. Mm. And um, so, like, Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that, trying to learn that, I feel like a fucking moron doing it. Yeah. But, like, it's, you know, it's given that time. Like, you know, they understand that I'm a diesel fitter because they're a diesel fitter in the office and they had to learn how to do it too. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, not, they're, not, good. they're not expecting you to be the fucking brightest spark in the world and, like, 
they put me on a couple of Microsoft courses so I could learn the basics of Excel and mm. Outlook and shit. I, I, I thought Outlook was for emails. I've, yeah. I've since been taught that it's not. Yeah, right. I know there's a calendar in there as well. Yeah, yeah we there figured is. that out. You can, yeah. you can set and assign tasks We sort of run our life off it now. Yeah. <laughs> do they have a set program you have to do? Um, like um, work orders where you get all your um, permits and stuff off? Um, so well, the, that's the boys on site sort of doing that. You don't have to do it too much. Well, we've got our own, but we've also got like the customer individual one. So like yeah. in, our, in our workshop in Perth, they've mm. got their own SWIs and all that sort of stuff, which are made or written. And then you go to BHP and you got to abide by BHP's um, safe work practices and, you know, et cetera, et cetera for Rio and whatnot. But like internally, we've got our own, you know, pre-starts and take fives and safe work instructions for stuff that we do. And, like, um, interaction reports. So, like, you know, if you ring me up and you've got some issues going on, I need to put that in so that it's not falling on deaf ears. And, you know, we're taking the human factor out of it. I'm not forgetting about it. And, you mm. know, you ring me up and you go, oh, you fucking shit cunt, you forgot about this. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I think I'm thinking about uh, SAP, SAP or something like that, like that sort of system. So we, we Gee, run. If you can manage that, I, I couldn't get my head around it. Yeah, eh? she's a cruel beast, old SAP. Yeah. Mm. There's some people who are wizards on it. I'm SAP's not. energy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no true words have been spoken. <laughs> oh, she's fucking rough. But um, yeah, it's sort of for me like getting into that space. Space mm. is difficult for me. Like I'm, a, I've got no issues talking to people. I've got no issues with the on-site side yeah. of things, like catching up with the boys, all that sort of stuff. It's when I'm in front of the computer where I'm, you know, I'm a turtle on a post. Mm. I don't know how I got there. I'm well out of me fucking comfort and depth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a headspace going there, but you would have had. Did you have a few little like? I don't know, not second thoughts, but he would have had a bit of anxiety and a bit of like, fuck, like, you know. It was the, not so much the fear of failure, but the wanting to be good at what you're doing straight away. Yeah, And it sure. just doesn't happen. So it was no. sort of like that going through your brain of you're like, fucking hell, I am a moron. Mm. You're like an apprentice like, again, pretty much. Yeah, yeah you're, that's you're learning good... some new skills. And like, you're trying to set a meeting with somebody and you're like, I don't know how to, I didn't know how to do it on Excel. And, like, if you're a busy man, like, one of the superintendents on site, you've got so many fucking things going on in one day, mm. you need that reminder on your computer to know that fucking some dickhead with a mullet's coming to site to talk to you about the boys on the floor. <laughs> so, like, um, it was, like, getting into that sort of um, organised workspace where, you know, yeah. you're making sure that the person on the other end isn't getting inconvenienced by you and you can actually sit down and have a good conversation with them. Yeah. Um, the last thing you'd want is to feel unwelcomed if you go to try and have a good experience and, like, you're pulling someone up who's, like, nearly finished their job or something or they don't think you're coming and you're like, oh, fuck, I've just driven five hours and I'm not even feeling welcome, sort of. 100%, man, exactly that. And, mm. like, it's quite funny, like, the difference... So when you're on the floor and you see the the shiny shirts walk out, you get a sense of intimidation. Like yeah. you go, fuck the ass kicking brigades coming through and like you're dotting your eyes, crossing your T's, seeing yeah. what the fuck's going on. And uh I think the weirdest thing for me was, you know, you, you start to realise that they're not any different to somebody else. Like you might be sitting there with a maintenance manager or, or somebody higher than him, and you're sitting down at a desk talking to a bloke. And it's just two blokes trying to convince each other that they're not fucking rat bags when they go home. Yeah. Like, they're just a human that eats shit and breathe like you do, yeah. but they're in an important position. And, like, he's looking at you and you're looking at him and you're like, fuck, he might be all right to have a beer with. Not mm. sure, but he might be all right. Yeah. And he's looking at you thinking the same thing and then you're, you know, talking about the safety stats on site and you're talking about the upcoming shutdown or whatnot. And it's just sort of like breaking down those barriers and stigmas. Like, yeah, you're on yeah. the site and 
like, I got to, I won't say the site, but there's a mm. dude that I've had a lot of dealings with. Gary, he's a mine man, uh, maintenance manager, and man, he'll greet you with fucking open arms. He's one of the, one of the OG, like OGs. Yep. He's just a good dude, and you meet somebody like that, and you're like, ah, you know, maybe maybe all the shiny shirts aren't assholes. Mm. And it's like once you start getting in that mindset, you actually start getting looking forward to seeing these dudes because you're like, fuck, I haven't seen this dude in a while. Yeah. It's always a good catch up. So. Well, mate, it's a massive difference. Like the last place I was at before I started doing this full time, the um, team there from manager, superintendent down, fucking great lads. Very approachable. And you were like, you enjoyed going there and you'd stop and have a yarn with them after pre start about what's going on. They'd come and sit with you at fucking dinner and it wasn't weird. And you didn't not say anything. Yeah. And then on the other flip of it, you get an absolute fuckhead who would just ruin the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. One person who's been put in that position who has the wrong mentality can totally change how a whole mentality of a site goes, man. And oh. it's an important fucking thing, eh? It is. And <clears> like <throat> even with workplaces, I've had a couple of guys that like just started in the Western Australian division and they couldn't believe the greeting that they got when they walked into the office or they you know, wait and have this, you know, corporate fucking induction process. And they walk in and they're like, hey, the kegerator's over there. Go pour a beer, mate. We'll introduce you to everybody around here. And this is this dude, this dude, this dude. And they're like, holy fuck, this mm. is different. I just walked out of a three-letter bloody company that, you know, treated me like a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of like when you run into those sites or other companies and stuff that have that good structure of management where you, like, it all starts at the top. Yeah. And shit flows downhill. Like, you've got a bad manager, it's going to create a bad supervisor, it's going to yep. create a bad, you know, all this sort of stuff. Like, you've got good, strong management that encourages good, strong management. Yeah. And Everybody's I, happy. And I'm not sitting here either saying everyone has to be bubbly and happy and that all the time. I just mean, I like it when I go in and there's a bloke who's got his standards. This yeah. is what he fucking believes in, right? And if you cross him knowing full well that you're fucking gone or he's up you, fucking oath. Yeah, but I just don't like when someone changes the way they do things and, like, depending on who's there and what, yeah, I don't know. There's just a few dodgy things. And I feel like if you just have those morals and your fucking standards up the top there, you know, it's a very important fucking part of it. 100%. Like, if you, like, if somebody's got honesty and integrity, like, it doesn't matter, like, what, they, what their background is or anything like that. They might be a cunt, but they're an honest cunt mm. or they're an integral cunt. And uh, you, can, you can find some... Um, some love for him, you, you sit there and you go, okay, like, this dude's just who he is and he's not yeah. pissing in me pocket. He's not fucking, you know, telling me tall stories or anything. Like, I might not like what he said, but it was truthful. Yeah. So I like I like running into that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's good to know that fellas like yourself are getting into those sort of roles and you know that you've got a team like that around you for blokes that want to come and work for you, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, like, my favourite part of my job is, like, Four o'clock hits and all the boys are starting to come off site and I go, ooh, we're going to catch up with some beers now. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. You, know, you go hear the yarns and like all I've got now is fucking war stories because I've got no cool shit during the day where I fucking <laughs> ripped the manifold off something or everything went to shit and, yeah, you know, but you get to hear their yarns and you get to hear what they're doing on days off and like you can talk about your days off, which is still good and like you just like, you see the camaraderie and you see how they're fucking gelling with each other and you, mm. you know, you get real fucking pumped up for them and excited like they might have a kid on the way or they might have you know, might be building their race car or they might be doing something. You're like, fuck yeah, bud. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's good with you having all different hobbies as well and you're interested in everything. You can relate to a lot of people. 
Oh, I just so you're a perfect example who should be in that role. Oh, I get off on people doing cool shit. Yeah, I don't care what it is. You do cool shit, I'm interested. Yeah, like, me too. That's like us with this. We'll get any cunt on for a yarn if they've if they're doing something cool. Come talk about it, Joe. Oh, you it's know? my favourite fucking thing about your podcast. Mm. Like, it's not like the same thing. Like every week, it's some different dude who's doing something completely different. I'd, yeah. I'd, it's not how I'm wired. I couldn't talk about the same thing every, nah, every time, time, mate. Nah. Nah. nah That's you, the best your thing. Brain is... oh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking pinball machine. <laughs> it takes a lot of confidence. Um, I'll say Mater uh, as an example because they're contractors. You go on a different sites. You're not locked into a steel refinery, a power station. Like You're going to all different mines. You're not BHP. You're not BMA. You've got to have a lot of respect for the blokes. I used to get intimidated all the time um, when I do the shuddy part going, all right, four days' time, I'm going to a whole new site, a whole new crew. Like This, this trade, when you're doing that, you're jumping into work. You, you've never been there. I'm going to Moorabha. I'm going to Goon Yellow. I'm going back yeah. to Siraji. You gotta have respect for the boys, especially because, and you gotta have confidence. Yeah, mate, hundred percent. I like I imagine the head noise I had just going on a new site. People aren't as confident. Like I think it's good for a company to realise that. Yeah, that blokes are are willing to go to those because I'm not going to say the names of them, but a lot of people won't go to some of those sites because they're fuckwits, and that's just the reality of it. Oh, hundred percent. And like, um, I think the most intimidating part is going to a new site. Where you don't know where the fuck crib room is, you don't yeah, know where man. the simple is. shit, eh? Hey? Yeah. Where Where's the... the front gate? Where's... Yeah. Where do you park? No matter how big, tough, fucking strong weapon you are, you cannot tell me that when you're going to a new site, a new camp, a new crib room, meeting a new boss, you're not just fucking peeking. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll tell you my biggest peak thing. It was like got in late at eleven o'clock, first time driving to Moranbar, Goonyella, Riverside camp, I think, and then. No reception, lost, oh. didn't know where I was going, GPS all fucked up. Anyway, end up getting to camp. And then the next site, I thought I was, I didn't get the bus because I couldn't find the bus, it had already left. So I drove around, because there's two sites, there's the uh, Riverside side yeah. and then the um, where the wash plant and the breaker is. Yeah. And I was sitting at the Riverside side, oh. missed the induction, oh. come around, got absolutely roasted for not being here, where you been, rah, rah, rah. And I'm going... And none of it's on the email, and I'm just going, yeah. holy, this is when you have to, like, go, all right, put your big boy pants on and just go with it. It's wild, isn't it? Like, uh, the but growing some, But the bigger is... bigger people and the recruitment people don't realise the adversity you're going through to go work for them. And, mate, the thing is, too, imagine these older fellas. Like, we're all pretty savvy. Not savvy at all, but, I mean, we can use a phone. We can open an email and look up a thing on Google Maps and figure it out. Imagine some of these old lads, right, who are fucking mid-50s to 60s or something, technology's still relatively new to them, and they get given the very vague things that we get that we figure out. Imagine those poor bastards trying to fucking find those things and what they're going through. Yeah. Like, oh. holy fuck. And you get proper flustered. Like it, mm. I, like many other people, have rocked up to one of the bigger sites where they've got multiple sections. Like, it's not one workshop running everything. It's mm. like... They might have field and they might have ancillary and they might have, mm. you know, trucks and wash plant and overburden and yep. fucking everything else. And you rock out there and you're like, you get fucked around at the gate house because something's wrong with your profile or something. And like you're at the gate and you're looking at the time and you've rocked up early, but you've burnt all that time because 
you know, mm. Paul Blart at the front gate's not happy with you, so he's like fucking yep. you around. And then you got a drug test and you yeah, fucking right. yep. ring a phone number and like they're in pre-start and you're starting to get real flustered because your day's just started off in a rush. Oh, Some idiot's running you up the stairs of joint a crew that's already pulling apart something. Yeah, and well, you, you're, you're late. Like it's no fault of your own. But they don't give a fuck about that because you're just late. That's yeah. right. Mate, this is what I'd recommend. And this is what I did for like when I was out at Middlemount, the last place I was at. I got an email saying this is where your induction is. It's at this green shed right outside the car park. I got to camp the day before. I fucking drove my car out and went and found the fucking thing, walked around, made sure it was it, went home and had a nice sleep because I fucking knew where I was going. Yeah, like, how good's that? You can't do it all the time, but if you fucking can, I would go out. A, a bit early and just for your fucking head. I did that at the farm, but I should have figured out where that joint was and drove back to Gladstone. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that the day before and then went back to camp. Yeah. There's some helpful yeah. things that I've seen the coordinators doing for some of our boys, and it's like going to Google, zoom in, drop a pin where they need you to go, and then yeah. send them the exact Google location. How good's that? Because I can guarantee, like, yeah, I can guarantee you every fucker that's listening to this that's had to do it will be going. I feel you, boys. Oh, <laughs> and it used to burn my piss. Mm. The one that used to do me like earlier, like far before this, was like you give them the planner's number, and it's a Saturday, and yeah. you're rocking up, and you're like. <laughs> That cunt doesn't give a fuck that you're there. Yeah, no way, man. My best one was um, rocked up to Discovery in Blackwater for a shut uh, drag line shutdown in Blackwater, and then they go, "No, we haven't even got you on file." Anyway, another hour and a half went by, and they go, "No, you're staying in Discovery in Emerald, but working in Blackwater." And I'm like, I, yeah, so we, there was another bus running from Emerald to Blackwater out onto the pad, and then we used to get bus back to Emerald. And you know what the worst part was? On the last day, we had to go back to Emerald, get in their cars and drive back to Blackwater and then through to Rocky, oh. Rocky Gladstone. Oh, fuck. Oh, mate. Oh, so I'm going, oh, I really need to get the fuck out of this or just get an all-even time roster. Which I did, but yeah. yeah. But that just goes to show, though, the things that you do, though, when you're first getting into the industry, you are willing to do shit and change and chop. And a few years later, you think, fucking, why did I do that? Or why did I cop that bloke shit? But I think it's an important thing to do as you grow and learn and shit. You know, it's all part of it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, like, I'm a sucker for a shit show. Like, my favourite <laughs> places I've ever worked have been the... You know, it's the the farm show where you rock up and the forklift's got an eyelet welded to the floor <laughs> because that's your working at Heights machine where you put the pallet on the front of the forklift, put the rope through the eyelet and tie it to the stick and then you stand on the pallet and you <laughs> like pull on a fucking dumb waiter and you're just, you're just doing shit. Yeah, and yeah. I've always loved those shows because like a uh, bloke I used to work with, Dave Purden, put it to me perfectly. Might be a shit show, but it's our shit show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, fucking oath, man. Oh. I, I don't think there'd be many places out there that ha- have chickens in a chicken coop, a goose at the dam, and fucking a pig pen that used to be down the back. That was one joint we had <laughs> at the old farm, eh? Hey? That was a bit of a wild show. And then what was that bloke? You filled the fucking hydraulic tank with fuel. Yeah. Like a thousand litres and then, or, or, I don't know, I don't think it held that much. What was yeah. it, an old 375 or something? Then yeah. just topped it up with a bit of oil. Reckon it ran for the whole train. <laughs> 
fuck, jeez. Yeah. I don't know which way it was around. It was a hydraulic oil in the fuel. Which no, way would it? The fuel used to leak into the into the fucking um, hydraulic oil tank. tank yeah, I'm pretty sure. So they, we used to just top it up and just every now and again they. No, nah, but that was a certain crew that just fucked up. Oh, and, and they, they just all laughed about it and going, oh, and it still ran through the whole train. You used to get it all the time on the graders because they'd have like two Ugh. fill caps, one for diesel, one for hydraulic oil on the top of the grader. Oh, yeah. Servicemen pop up the top and just fill the hydraulic tank with fuel and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. But, yeah, no, that's it, man. It's fucking uh, – it's cool to see what you're doing, mate, and it's fucking unreal that they've got you in that position. It's fucking great. Oh, man, I've been as busy as a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Yeah. But um, it's good. Like, uh, it's something new. It's something mm. interesting and it's something – you know, like, as I go through my life, I don't ever want to look back and go, fuck, I didn't take that opportunity because, you know, it all looked too hard at the time. Like, mm. I just, you know, if, if you have something offered to you and you're like, fuck it, I'll have a crack at it. Hey, mate. do you know what? In your situation, if you don't like it, fucking straight back to the tools, tools. eh? 100%. And, like, you know, but, like, you guys had that option and, like, plenty of other people have had that option as well, but, you know... Yeah, it makes you feel safe because you know you can do it, but fuck, that doesn't mean you don't have a good, hot crack at what you're that's trying right. to do. And that's your last resort. Like, yeah. as, in, as in you give it a go pretending like you don't have that to fall back on. Like, yeah. that's your mindset. I'm fucking going this. Oh, and I love I love the tools. Mm. I fucking love the tools. And I'd, if I had to go back on them tomorrow, I'd be as happy as a clam. Yeah, but, we're probably the opposite of that going, oh, but, don't love, like, yeah, yeah, I'd probably find something else now. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but mine, Tom definitely. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm out. Mine's just sort of the whole thing of like, if you have a good crack at doing this, that's not what you've been used to your whole life. What's to say you can't do something else? Yeah, you've never that's had right. a crack at stepping stone and do that. Like you know, you've you've taught yourself that you're not as fucking stupid as what you thought you were. Mm. You're not as fucking um, incapable as what you thought you were. You you have learned a new skill. You have been able to do something new. Yeah, and you're like, oh fuck, this has presented itself now. I guess I'll just. Give it a belt. Yeah, yep. yeah, 100%. Mate, moving on to the, like, when we first got onto you back in the day, episode 27, like, we found you on TikTok ripping the fucking lid off a beer and drinking it, and we're like, oh, let's have a yarn at this cunt. Now, <laughs> yeah, fucking, I still love, <laughs> yeah, I still that's... love fucking watching your TikToks, mate, but one of my favourite things to watch is your cooking. Because, like, Cam and I love the idea of putting a bit of love into our food and stuff, and I really like how you do your TikToks as in, these are the ingredients, this is what I do to cook it, and then you have a bite at the end and go, fucking happy days. And it's great stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, I love my food. Like, never trust a skinny cook. But yeah. um, I don't know. I just, I've always found it to be therapeutic. Mm. Like, um, you can have so much chaos going on, but, like, something like food, it can be a recipe, and you can think in your head of, like, these things will taste good together, and it gives you some, you know, some nice zen in it. Yeah. You're like... And you can think about it throughout the day and you go, you know what, I'm having a bad day and I can I can treat myself to this tonight. Yeah. And, uh, like, might, might not be the best way to do it. You might be a chef on there and you might sit there and go, ah, you fucked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I've had plenty of that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, for sure, mate. But it might also be somebody that can't fucking cook. Like, I've met plenty of those. But, I mean, like, that just gives someone, the way you do it, and that's why I like it, it gives someone who... <clears throat> might not be able to um, cook for themselves, they can buy those ingredients and just give it a go and have something to have eat. Have the confidence know? to give yeah, it a crack. Yeah, just give something a crack. So it's fucking good, man. Like, I remember watching that one with your crab and you just did the fucking curry crab. And see, I've never liked crab, but similar to prawns, I started eating prawns on 
toppers and that with garlic. And now I'll smash garlic prawns. But I've never tried crab other than just, you know, cooking crab in salt water. Yeah. And I really feel like I need to give one of those ones a go where you crack the shell and cook it in the fucking sauce. I actually yeah. did a smoked crab did that I didn't put on TikTok because I just like – some things I'll just try. Mm. I'm like, this might be a bit outrageous and it could be fucking horrific. So I'll just try <laughs> it. And I actually smoked a crab and it was fucking wonderful. Was it? Yeah, man. It was uh, anybody interested. 45 minutes at uh, about 200 degrees. Yeah. Was fucking, that cleaned? Uh, that was uh, cleaned, split, cracked the shells, yep. cracked the legs a bit and just stick it in the smoker on cherry wood. It's fucking beautiful. Like you grab the claw and you can crush it in your hand because it's brittle. Yeah. Like just break it down. Yeah, beautiful. I loved it. Um, but yeah, stuff like the crab and stuff like that. People mm. don't like eating it natural. Same as oysters. Like yeah. you know, horse of course. I know you guys fucking hate oysters, but I love them. But, oh, um, oh, he does. Yeah, I'm a kill Patrick boy. I don't really <laughs> dive into the natural rail. Oh yeah, I was fucking excited. I ordered fifteen dozen oysters from uh, Coffin Bay the other day. And yeah. Rocked up yesterday, so I had a little bit of a chubby moment last night. I was nice. like, oh, oh, like fucking Gunter, just yeah, yeah, yeah. aphrodisiac. Let's go, baby. Oh, mate, put a horn on a jellyfish. Yeah, Wait, back to that. Back to the crab in the smoker for a sec. Did you put a water bowl in there to keep the meat moist, or did you just just go fucking just a smoke? So I keep the water bowl in mind because I got the hark upright, and yeah. I find uh, when I put the water bowl in there, I get a, a nice consistent temp. Like yeah. it doesn't go over temp, and it doesn't fluctuate too much. Like especially if it's in the middle of the day, the sun's on it, wind on it, yeah, all the rest of it. I find it gets a bit more consistent. So, mm. well, yes, is the short answer to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I swear. Because I was just wondering before thinking about doing it, I'm like, I wonder if you'd have the water just for the, that moisture content in there. I reckon I if know. you if you've never tried crab. Uh, or you don't like crab normally and you want to try crab, the easiest one is chilli crab. Yeah. Because if you don't like chilli so much, put sweet chilli in it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely need to try it next L- time. Lemongrass, the ginger. Yeah. So I can put it on some rice, happy days. Yeah. yeah. What's your go-to, mate, like as in your staples that you like cooking, you reckon? Um, staples for me, I, I love pasta dishes. So, like, simple pasta dishes make me very happy. Yep. So, um, if you've ever watched the movie Chef, it's uh, where he cooks up a Scarlett Johansson, Olio Ulio. Yeah, right. And it's like real basic. It's uh, parsley, pasta, garlic, olive oil, chili, lemon. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Fucking mint. But I love doing like just a basic pasta dish with like some sun dried tomatoes in it and um, some parsley and some parmesan cheese and, you know, things like that. But I also really do- love doing stew cooking. So mm. I, look, I do a lot of my cooking on like on the top of a fire or anything like that. Yeah, and um, just love giving everything a crack. Like I love lamb. I love every part of the animal. I really think that the best way to life is eat it from the hooves to the horns. Yep. Like yep. you know, give everything a crack. Like, like we grew up, you know, poor. So like every part of the animal like got used, and from that you sort of learn to cook all of it. Like you know cook a tongue and it cut it like corned beef or, mm. you know. Even brains, I saw you eating lamb. Yeah, lamb ate brain. lamb's brains, so um, you poach them and then crumb them and eat them like they taste good. Like the old battered bush oyster goes all right every now and then if you can get past <laughs> what it is. Mm. Um, steak and kidney pies, steak and kidney stew, braised steak and onions, all that sort of stuff I love doing on the camp oven. Yeah. Like it's it's proper good tucker to me. Yeah, yeah. But it's also pretty nutritious shit as well. Mm. I was seeing the show the old days, Blake was eating... Porcupine intestines. Intestines? Yep. It was fucked. Be fucked. Jesus. I was yeah. going to say pork. And what's vile? What's, what do they when they say, oh, cooked in vile? 
Actually, don't know. Isn't that something to do with guts? Yeah, Dr. Google. A pa. <laughs> he wasn't ready yeah. for that one. <laughs> nah. <laughs> My chair's fucking being weird. Um, the TV's off too, but anyway, you can go off fucking. Off the yeah, I like, they did. <clears throat> something to do with the guts, surely. Yeah. V I A L? V-I-A-L? Yeah, I'd say so. Food. Is that thought it be V I A L? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. But, um,. Yeah, mm. it's uh that that last chicken dish you did on TikTok looked good. Yeah, that, like like that. That's just one that I think every fucker would like. Oh mate, and I got peppered on that video for the pot that I used. There you go. Oh, everybody want to know where the fuck you get one. Oh, can't say I'm going to look good. Well, the problem is I don't have an answer for them. Oh, <laughs> I got it. So my mother gave me that pot, and she bought it at like Vinnie's or a, um like a second hand shop or something, and gave mm. it to me. And it's like this, uh, it's a ceramic pot that's coated. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome crock pot. I just have no fucking clue where you'd get it. Where one. you get it, yeah. And it was like the most common asked question where do you get a pot like that? I was like, <laughs> yeah. Fucked fine, eh? Mate, <laughs> with the cooking utensils as well, like I'm sort of getting to the stage now where I'm like starting to do my research on what smoker I want to buy. I used to have the upright hark, like gas one, um, but I sort of want to move on and get something fucking smick. And, um, like what? What sort of stuff do you cook on? You got your hark. What sort of bar? Do you have a barbecue that you that you run? I I retired the barbecue. Like I got a Weber, but yep. I want to upgrade that. Uh, on that big trip that we just did, we used a Heatley, yep. and that would have to be one of the most consistent barbecues I've ever used. Like okay, you pay for them. Like they're not a cheap barbecue, but they're good. Um, the smoker I got an upright hark. Yep. And if I did upgrade it, I'd probably go to that pellet smoker we had on the truck, which was a GMG, yep. and it was just set and forget. Yeah, yeah. Like. If you got a stick burner or something and you got, you know, that's what you love doing, you want to monitor it, you want to play with it, all that sort of stuff, then I get it. Yeah. Just um, I get a bit uh, not forgetful or busy or something like that and you go, fuck, I can't go out because I've got this on. Mm. Like the pellet smokers and stuff so good. You press a button. Yeah, yeah. Right, I need to check on it and this amount of time it's going to do its thing. I'll come back. I think, yeah. I think the ideal world of we're all rich bastards with plenty of room, we'd have fucking one of each. Oh, 100%. You? Because you, I don't think the missus would be too happy. Why the fuck do you need six smokers? But, like, I'd love the idea to be able to have a whole Sunday. Maybe the kids are in town doing something, the missus away, and there you are. You're just fucking monitoring heat, opening valves and doing stuff. Oh, but yeah. for the for the big part of it, eh, there's not a lot of times, like especially for me with four kids, where you do get to do that all day. So, you know, it does it does really draw you to something that you can set and forget. Yeah, and like we, did, I did a bit of experimenting. Like um, one of the boys, Webby, suggested we did skirt steak on it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd never tried it before, and we did it hot and fast. I cranked that smoker up to like, fuck, I think it was 100 and, 170 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So he was fucking ripping and put that uh, white lightning um, spicy rub on it. Yeah. Yep. By far one of my favourite rubs. The double, uh, the garlic butter one. Not the double garlic, garlic butter. It was the normal white lightning one. It was the Boar's Night Out spicy. Yeah, right. So yep. I, I love that. And just peppered mm. that on there, threw it on the smoker. It was like um, 10, minute, 10, 15 minutes aside. Flipped it, brought it off, cut it real thin. And it was rare and it was fucking mint. And I was just blown away. I was like, okay, I need to buy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that um, flank steak with chimichurri. It oh, just goes well. Yeah. Chimichurri is something that I got exposed to by um, one of my good mates, Jordan. His missus made it. And um, he was doing a picana. Yeah. So, like, the rump cap on the barbecue. And then did it with, uh, 
bloody chimichurri, and after that, I'm just addicted to it. That and Pico de Gallo. I've got to be that guy. What is it? Chimichurri's red wine, uh, vinegar, olive oil, mixed herbs. Garlic and chili. Garlic and chili. Yeah, cool. It yeah. is. If you see it at a pub, like every now and then you see it in the sauces where they've got chimichurri. Mm. It's... um. It's different to us. It's not like a fucking gravy or anything, but like that on a rare cut of meat is pretty good, eh? Pretty damn good. Yeah. You yeah, can't nice. beat it. It's it's just. I don't know what you said. The other one, the pico de gallo. Yeah, what's that? Um, so that's like a Mexican yeah. um, uh, salsa. Essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh, there's different adaptations of it. Like uh, when you get things like ceviche, which is like the raw fish cooked in the lime. Yeah, and they yeah. and they put it uh, with all the Basically, the ingredients of Pico de Gaia and like the Hawaiians do one with coconut milk and stuff like that. But I really love that on corn chips. Yeah, right. Yeah, I nice. sit down and eat that shit all fucking day. Yeah. And uh, my favorite one on the trip that we did was uh, you get the Pico de Gaia and you get uh, some mints and you put the either nacho or taco seasoning through the mints yep. and you get uh, potatoes and you dice them up real fine, put them on the barbecue with the taco seasoning and the white lightning and whatever the fuck else floats your boat at that time. Chop it up together like mochi mochi bitches. She's teppanyaki time. <laughs> yeah. Put all that on and you put it in a wrap with the, all the gear, the pico de gallo, some sour cream, roll it up and do like um, brekkie burritos with it. Yeah, oh, nice. That was fucking unreal. It was just sort of like, you know, the big man had been on the trip for too long and I was just starting to drool about food and I was like, fuck it for brekkie one morning. I know it's a lot of work. I'll do it, but I'm making brekkie burritos. Mm. Yeah. And I did not have a single complaint. Yeah, Everybody was right. like, that wasn't bad, mate. I was like, pretty yeah, proud yeah. of that. Pretty damn proud of that. Do you know what I love seeing? I reckon back in the day, like we're talking when our old boys were probably our age, it was probably that stereotype thing where women cook, men work, rah, 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 like you just cook a steak till it's well done, you're done. It was a lot of that like country bloke sort of mm. thing. I love that blokes are starting to get into this thing where cooking is like a bit of a passion and you're not doing anything shit to your family or whatever, you're actually feeding them by doing your passion. I think it's such a fucking awesome thing to see, like blokes actually getting passionate about cooking and being able to cook a good feed. Oh, 100%. Like I took talked to a few guys that I've worked with and they're like, what can you cook? They're like, skeddy bog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like they, they just have no, like they love eating good food, but they've just got no idea how to do it. And like, I think that might have been what stemmed a lot of it. Like, there's guys that haven't got a partner or anything. That, and I'm not saying women should cook, just, yeah. you know, these guys haven't had anybody else, you know, yeah. helping them with life other than themselves. And they've been forced to cook. And then they're like, fuck, this isn't half bad, this stuff. Like, mm. every man and his dog, when he puts on a roast, is proud of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any man <laughs> and his up. dog, when he cooks a barbecue, he is the king of the house that day. Well, Cam's yep. pumpkin dish. Did you yeah, tell Zane about your pumpkin dish? Yeah, my pumpkin dish, mate. She's fucking, she's red hot. I'll probably be um, just straight to a Michelin three star, I reckon, after this. <laughs> she's uh, fucking, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Can't believe I'm talking about this again. I've been up the missus every day going, how goes me pumpkin? <laughs> <laughs> Cut them into like steaks, fucking. Rosemary, garlic, butter. You gotta fucking uh, roast them in the butter and oil, and then sear them back in the plate. Crushed pine nuts, sear them, and then I'll use the crunchy noodle, you know, the one box salad, country noodles. Oh. So you put all that over the top of it, and then a bit of balsamic vinegar. Yeah. Fuck me dead. 
Daddy is the name of it. Yeah, that's not bad. Like, I'm a slut for a Wombok salad, but... The crunchy noodles with the pine nuts and the pumpkin? Fucking oh. stop it. Yeah, I'm going to have to give that a crack. Yeah, no, nah, she's fucking... She's good. You know what I hate when blokes don't cook and they go, oh, we go to this pub, you got to get this meal, it's good, and because they're not much of a cook and it's fucking shit. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, can't you? you just got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I want to start getting into the dry age. Like, I know, Cam, you're... Like, that's I want to get a fridge. I want to get a fridge. Yeah, it'd be, be good great. to get one in here and actually do our own dry age stuff because it's fucking pretty cool to see how that, like, makes the flavour of the meat, like, stand out and then... Like yeah, you got many butchers up in Rocky doing that stuff. Um, yeah, there's a couple of dry aging, like Boodles do a bit of dry aging, Richos do a bit of dry aging, and I think the one near um, the Frenchy Food Store yep. do it. But uh, what I really want to get into is curing meats. Yep. Yeah, like right the dry right. aging is fucking awesome. Um, I just think I'd get too impatient and eat it. Yeah, like mm. what's what's about to happen here? But you know, like your prosciuttos and your um, cured duck breasts and all that oh, sort yeah. of stuff, or like your deli meats. Fuck, I'd love to have a crack at that. Mm. I'm I'm nervous for that. I'm like, I'll fucking give myself food poisoning for sure. Oh, I reckon I'll end up with tap ass one day from my yeah. own fucking, you know, own failures, but it'll be worth it. Part of being a bloke, though, isn't it? Yeah, if you haven't had tap <laughs> ass because you're your own fucking, you know, and it's not your own fault. Like, Same as, like, homebrew and shit. There's all risks involved. Oh, I tried that recently. I fucked that right up. Did you? Yeah. What happened? Well, um, so... <laughs> Pretty much meth, though. Yeah, like every <laughs> Clean other, me bench down after. Like every other man, I bought the Morgan's home brew kit, like you mm. do, the big box, and you sit there and you go, I'm going to be a beer. I'm going to be a fucking brewer soon. I'll be a man's man. Like, yeah. Fucking <laughs> Beef tra- jerky and beer. Yeah, I've tried every other fucking man thing known to man. The only thing I hadn't done was brew yeah. beer. So or had like, a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I was like, fuck it, I'll get the home brew kit. And it just sat in my office for ages, yeah, like yeah. months. And I was like, fuck it, I'll finally do it. And I was like, damn, this is easy. I should have done this ages ago. But I didn't know I was let it sit there so long that yeast packed it in. Oh, no. So I've got it in there and, like, you know when you just keep digging the hole because you're just, like, you're too far into it. So I'd let it ferment and all that sort of stuff. And I've checked the AVB and it was off. And I was like, oh, maybe this thing's fucked. You know, it's been here the right amount of time. There's no bubbles. Like, must be right. Mm. Anyway, I put it in the bottles and I've fucking drunk one sip after two weeks of it being in the fridge and it was just, oh. what the oh, fuck is that? that? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking sediment in it and everything else. Oh. I was like, what have you done? So, like, um, I followed this uh, uh, brewer on TikTok named Shari and I was straight on the blower and I just said, look, I fucked it and I thought I could just figure it out on my own, but could you... Help me out. And she's like, where do you live? I was like, Rock Amp. And she's like, oh, so you live like on the surface of the sun. Mm. <laughs> so she sent me some yeast that's like for hot climates. And yeah. she's like, do that. You might not fuck it up so bad. And I was like, oh, ripper. Yeah. So yeah, I'll nice. give that a crack soon. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why I wanted to have a crack at uh, brewing beer is um, like I spoke about last time I got the kegerator at home. And uh, my biggest issue with the kegerator is like, I love generic beer. Like I, I truly beat believe that I'm not going to be able to brew a beer better than like all the ones that I can buy. Like you got better beer, you got Great Northern, you got bloody Balti, you got my one of my favourites is uh like Larry Cans by Your Mates Brewing. Mm. Yep. All that sort of I'm not going to beat that. But what I would like to do is brew a beer that I enjoy drinking. Mm. But um I bought myself a new toy uh the start of this week and it all stemmed from having that big beer chiller in the truck. I was like fuck <laughs> I, I can't beat this. this is too good. Yeah. And um I saw that Benchy uh, does a 12, 24-volt beer chiller. 
So, like, it's only, uh, I think it's a foot by 200 mil or something. Like, it's not very big. And uh, I bought that so I can put it in the back of the four-wheel drive or the back of the work tilly and take the boys out to do whatever. Mm. Hook a soda stream bottle to it. Fucking beers on tap, boys. Yeah, nice. Good to go. Like, the big can in the track's 300 litres an hour. Yeah. You can't drink that much piss. That's for a pub. This one does, like, eight litres an hour. So, like... You know, just over a carton, which is pretty good. Like, if you've got yeah. a couple of guys there, like, if you're getting full blown into the sesh, like, you might have to have a couple on ice. But yeah, but that's zero degrees. But what I want to have in the kegerator is, uh, I've been looking at like shari shit and seeing how they do stuff. I want to be able to have like a a corny keg or whatever they're called with vodka lime soda in one, then have another corny keg with rum and dry, which is what I really like drinking, mm. and then like another corny keg with CC and dry in it. And yeah, then on the beer chiller, have like beer that I've brewed or something, then like your generic commercial keg and stuff, and like have this fucking liquor land under my house. That's a yeah, fucking nice. good time, brother. Oh, isn't it? Mate. Like, imagine rolling into our mate's place. Oh, mate, you want to come for a drink? Yeah, sweet, come in. Hey, what would you like, bruss? Oh, and man. Here's your cold cup. And I just want to <laughs> fucking do exactly that. Because the, the thing with the, with the kegerator that I didn't like is. 50-litre keg, you've got to leave it in there for like 48 hours to get fully cold, mm. and then you can start pouring beers, whereas the beer chiller, you can pour, you can pull a hot keg out from under your bar, plug it in, and it's cold. There like, you it just chills it going through the pipes and stuff, so you can have like, you wow. know. Do you reckon that's the same setup as that Your Mace Brewing um, trailer they've got? After doing the Three Gears truck, I'd have, I would believe that either they're doing that or it's a fridge trailer. Fridge trail, yeah. Well, I don't know, but like the beer chiller that we had in the truck, we just had four kegs sitting in the tray and it could be 45 degrees ambient. You flick that beer chiller on and the beer is coming out at zero degrees. So like, I haven't had a look at the Your Mage trailer, but I reckon it's either, it's either a fridge trailer or they're running a beer chiller. Me and the boys were fucking um, driving back from Brisbane and we're like, right, five grand each, we'll fucking get a stainless one on 33s and we'll build a fucking trailer. And you can have the ginger beer, you can have the fucking rum and dry, you can have a beer. Oh. I'm like, how good is that pulling up to Five Rocks down at Fraser or anywhere, any event? And you just go, right, oh, we're on. Well, yeah, instead of getting pissed and 100 eskies at angles, you go, all put in for that. And then you go, that's where we go camping with. <laughs> Someone fucking toes it. awesome would that be at a remote location, looking at the beach or whatever, sitting there with the lads pouring a fucking cold one. Well, I gotta I gotta show you a photo of me doing exactly that yeah. in the truck. Yeah, in the but, truck, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's why I wanted this one. So like my problem with a beer chiller and truck is A, it's large, but mm. it also draws a lot of power. Yeah. Like that it drew two KVA and like the hotter ambient temperature is the more it draws. Yeah. Whereas this little one that I just bought draws hundred and sixty watts, which is nothing. Fuck yep. all, you can plug it into a sig socket. So I was like and that's what I was envisioning. I was like, how good would it like, you know, a keg of beer on the back of the cruiser Pull up to Five Rocks or something and just fucking flick the door open, pour an ice cold frothy and be like, fucking cheers, boys. Yeah, yeah. That'd be one of the... A couple of simple things that makes blokes happy. Well, I was going to say, that's that's that little quality that you go, yeah, fuck yeah. It's like the unnecessary things that make life even better. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Like Like, like having been able to pour your own schooner at home. Do you need it? No. But is it pretty cool to have? Fuck, I don't know. Is it cheaper? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so the, what I will say is uh, keg beer on the back of your car. Hmm. The one thing, actually, I will say this because I would like to give this to a greater audience. I just did 19,000 Ks around Australia. And the one thing that I don't fucking like about this country is how much we litter. Yeah. I saw it everywhere. No mm. matter where I went, I went remote Australia. 
went around to the um, big parts of Australia and I saw people littering fucking everywhere and I hate it. Mm. I can't stand it. And the one thing I do like about the keg on the back of the truck is it's six and a half cartons of, pe- uh, six and a half cartons of piss in one keg. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good when point. When the keg's empty, there's just one keg left over. Yeah, Everybody yeah. wants them because you can make fire pits out of them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, you've got Joe Blake that might have six and a half cartons of empties on the back of his rig and throws them in the throws them in the scrap. Cans and fucking carton yeah. boxes and shit everywhere. And- oh, yeah, and you can sit there and go, we get 10 cents for them all you like, but fuck me. Like, I saw, like, like, I was taking photos of things and I wanted it to look all pretty, and I was having to fucking, oh, like, pick up, up rubbish and clean up and, like, move the camera out of the way so I could take a photo so you didn't see fucking dirty nappies and VB cans and cigarette butts and fucking empty dairy packets and fucking, you know... Woolies chicken containers on the fucking ground. and yeah, like, It's pretty shit, isn't it? So, like, I like that sense of it. Like, I can, yeah. you know, take one keg in, take one keg out. That mm, is good. So. I'm never prouder when you can leave a campsite and looks like you haven't been there. Oh. oh, that's the And all the boys and everyone did the same thing. They all got the bin bags on the back of their utes. Oh. And just look like we weren't even there. Perfect for the next time. And tell you what, I'm all about, like, running my own race and minding my own business. But, but you'd nearly have to say something if you were next to a mob and they were about to leave... With shit everywhere, wouldn't you? Like, oh. Oh, it's fuck. It'd be hard to bite your tongue in that situation because I fully agree, man. That's the that's what makes places nice. Like rolling up and being like, "How fucking good's this spot?" Hanging big bin bag in the tree on day one. Put your fucking cans in it when it's full, tied up. Put it in the back of your rig or on the bottom of the tree, ready to go. Another one. Take it with you. Those oh. canvas bin bags have been the best thing for that, I reckon, instead of the, the old I like bag, canvas just, bin bags. Yeah, you can get like ones, I think, like Kings do one. And yeah, right. Oh, that's a good brand idea. now. They just put on their spare tyre. Yep. And it's just better than the old gar bag. Mm. Oh, yeah, Busted yeah, sure. in the back of the ute. But either way you do it, eh, it's not fucking hard. Oh, right? you had, no, to, you had room to bring it in. It means you got room to bring it back out. That's and right. Like, if you're one of those people that goes out um, camping, exploring, Go somewhere, and you're one of those people that are picking up rubbish and making it better, then good on you. You are the, one yeah. of the best humans I've ever met. Yeah. If you're doing the opposite, then I hope you get a wine bottle shoved up your ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Big end first, too. You can't. Yeah, like, it, it's just <laughs> such a beautiful country. And I, I, yeah, I, like, polarity. I didn't mean to like, no, derail fuck, there, no, but mate, fuck, that's, that's, uh, like, that's, that's fucking great, man. Yeah. Yeah, mate, fucking thank you so much for coming today. We've really been looking forward to this yarn and so is the whole community. So it's been great to have you on, bro. I'm sure it won't be the last time and fucking we might have to come and join you on one of these little missions one day, mate, when we get the spare time, I think. I think that would be a bloody good idea. I've got some little missions that I want to do mm. on my own time and I reckon if you just could join us on one of those missions, it would be awesome too. Like, yeah. Fucking thanks for, thanks for having me here once again. Like I said, I'm damn no proud of what you're doing. Good to see you growing. Yeah. We've grown as well, so it's fucking oh, awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, 100%. 100%. What a fucking time to be alive. Fucking oath. <laughs> well, well, to finish that off, does anyone have a joke? Because I have one. Oh, oh, I, gotta... I want to hear yours. Right, uh, What hits more balls than Pat Rafter's tennis racket? <laughs> Elton John's chin. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Mate, that got commented on one of the fucking posts on the Trendsetter page. I was pretty much, oh, mate, put his fucking uh, carry-on hat picture in that he won, right? Yeah. And he was at, at the Benarabi, the poem bloke. Do you know yeah, when you go, yeah, yeah. You go over Benarabi Bridge and there's the boat there. Right there. That's the poem bloke who won the carry-on hat, the legend. He put the thing in there and I said, fuck yeah, mate. Um, rah, 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 thanks for getting involved. And I, mate, just thought it was a good time to chuck that joke in there and I went, can't, that's prime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah. Perfect. Good stuff, lads. Right, let's go have a beer at this fucking brewery and a burger or something. Stop it. Beautiful. Good stuff.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.